all you see is pain. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome to another edition of Women's History Month. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we were going to watch Best of the Best 2, but we had an emergency pivot to a little Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. (laughs) No. (laughs) Stop bringing it up. It's going to (laughs) happen. To a six-episode anime OVA from the 80s and early 90s called Angel Cop. Uh, now, we don't do emergency pivots unless there's two things come up. One, the original subject is just unfit for recording, and we know Best of the Best 2 is ready for that sort of thing. Or, if something else that we have found is a treasure that needs to be documented, and boy, Angel Cop is a treasure. I thought it was going to be one thing, and I was already excited to talk about it. And then it kept unraveling. <laughs> <laughs> The pitch of like, oh, it's anime Antifa destroying glorious Japanese culture. And then 20 minutes later, you don't know where the fuck you are anymore. <laughs> that lasts for exactly one episode. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is pretty cool. You got the cops. You got like the no-nothing, like the, you know, hard-broiled sidekick who talks like what I assume Chris's fantasy woman is. <laughs> and then the psychics appear and start doing mind battles. <laughs> Look, I don't think I've called for an emergency podcast episode since Serenity, and for that I have to say, y'all welcome. It's so good. Uh, to be fair, I would have done the same thing in your situation if I had watched it. But How could you not? Exactly. Now, Parker, I feel like we got a lot of news this week. I cannot think it like... Do you know how something just kind of mundane happens, but you think about it over and over again and it keeps making you laugh? I have yes. not stopped thinking about the idea of someone just hitting play on Tom and Jerry and getting an hour of the fucking Snyder Cut. I don't know why, but it keeps coming back to me. I can't believe they got that secret sneak peek. I wonder how they're going to work the cat in all this. The idea of just watching this dog shit CGI live action hybrid about Tom and Jerry. And it's just Zack Snyder vomiting on your screen. <laughs> I keep coming back to the thought of some poor kid just being like, Mommy, why is Batman saying the F word? And her having to explain, oh, this is for adults. This is a cool comic book movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, <laughs> you guys happen to read that uh, all that stuff about the planned Justice League yeah, 2 sure. and Justice League 3? I what did was your favorite part of read it? that. That's all I want to talk about for this entire segment. Okay, so my favorite part was absolutely Captain Cold. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big fan of the Riddler figuring out the anti-life theorem and immediately killing himself. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I've cracked it. The ultimate riddle. Oh, there's nothing left but this. They say I don't know how to write Superman. Well, check this out. Batman fucks his girlfriend. <laughs> he is 
the coolest director to ever live. I have done a complete 180 since all this started. He's not my favorite. I think Shit. we should also address the fact that they want to bring back Dr. Poison for the Legion of Doom. <laughs> How? <laughs> also the Legion of Doom. A thing that I forgot was teased in Justice League. It's, it's fucking hilarious that, like... I'm sure the comic book fans are listening to this right now and going, oh, well, actually, she was in, you know, real Superman number 47. And, like, also, just so you know, comic book fans, like, we're not interested. Yeah, I do you not can, care. Uh, if you want to set up a dummy email account on the uh, terribleblog.net web servers <laughs> for people to send their comic book complaints about the podcast, <laughs> like, I call. am all for it. Yeah, you can put my name on it. <laughs> send all submissions here. Submissions and corrections. Yes. Dump them right <laughs> if it's Dr. Poison, it's going to have to be like her great-great-granddaughter or something like that. But unfortunately now, all I can think about is that Solomon Grundy Want Pants 2 thing, except it's got Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor doing the whole thing. Like, what do I look like? Santa Claus. You have, you're, you're a man strong. I don't know why your Jesse Eisenberg is the same as your Ben Shapiro, but I'm here for it. It's it's not quite a side pitch. It's pretty close, though. And I I think they're the same person. I've never seen them in the same room Imagine, at the same time. if you will, a utility belt. <laughs> Very simple. As many devices. Use them for tricky situations. Every single one of these ideas sounds wretched, and I would give anything to watch them. Just Who would put play them... Brainiac? Oh, fuck. <laughs> There's so many directions I could go. Please just don't. <laughs> but say the right one that jumped to mind immediately was Elon Musk. <laughs> That's the right call. <laughs> I don't know why, but one of my favorite parts about that entire YouTube video is excuse me. <laughs> so, I'll be honest. I'm very tired. I forgot the Rams coach's name. That's on me. I blew. I blew that softball. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. I'll I couldn't reach my phone fast enough. That's, that's like a close two behind Elon Musk. Okay. Uh, the other thing I guess we should talk about because it's funny to me is Space Jam Two. Uh, <laughs> Damn yeah. it! Now a lot of people you just stole all of, of my jerks of the week. That's fine. I, guess. <laughs> I still got mine. It's cool. We're good. We're now good. here's the thing. A lot of people are talking about the Lola Bunny thing. They made her less sexy. They took away her boobs and stuff. And that's led to actually some pretty funny memes. That's that's great, man. That's funny. But no one's talking about what Alex posted. <laughs> okay. So before you read it off, two things. First of all, I thought you were joking. Second of all, I thought you meant Pepe the Frog for like four sentences. <laughs> Yo, it's almost like there's a reason that I block quoted a Hollywood Reporter article rather than just linking it. It's like, Pepe is going to play basketball? That doesn't make sense. How's that going to tie in? Hang on, I'm pulling it up. Because <laughs> we have to read this off. You can just you can just search Pepe. It's probably the thirtieth result over the last two days. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, uh, one second. Oh, here. It, oh my. I, I I looked at it and like the look on my face is <laughs> okay. So if I can just it's perfect introduction of this. Pepe, Pepe Le Pew, not Pepe the Frog was set to appear in a black-and-white Casablanca-like Rick's Cafe sequence. Pepe, playing a bartender, starts hitting on a woman at the bar played by Santo. He begins kissing her arm, which she pulls back, then slamming Pepe into the chair next to hers. She then pours her drink on Pepe and slaps him hard, sending him spinning into a stool, which is then stopped by LeBron James' hand. You can, like, see the camera motions and all this. James and Bugs Bunny are looking for Lola, and Pepe knows her whereabouts. Pepe then tells the guys that Penelope Cat has filed a restraining order against him. James makes a remark in the script that Pepe can't grab other tunes without their consent. (laughs) 
I liked it just to capture Robert. Like, oh yeah, Pepe knows where Lola is. Yeah, I'm sure he fucking does. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Everyone's talking about like, oh, Pepe Le Pew got canceled. No, his scene got, got cut from the script because it was too shitty for Space Jam 2. <laughs> it's... Like, so much of this Space Jam discourse all week, you know? It's been people just being like, yeah, well, you know, what if some kid watches the 96 one and then this one and then sees that Lola Bunny's tits shrunk and then thinks that having big tits makes you, you know, a sex object or whatever. It's like, first of all, no one is ever watching Space Jam 1 again because that movie sucks ass unless you're our age. Dog shit. Like, it's not good. Like, we talked about doing it for an episode. I watched, like, 20 minutes of it and went, guys, there's nothing here. Literally, yeah, the first really 10 minutes is Michael Jordan movie. highlights. Yeah. There is nothing. Like... Any kid would turn that off. They'd be like, Dad, who's Michael Jordan? And then they'd go fucking play with their iPad. <laughs> There's no fucking way anybody's watching the first Space Jam again. It sucks. It's bad. If you don't believe us, go watch it again and send your apologies to whatever our burner is at <laughs> terribleblog.net. Again, pclair at yahoo.com. Hang on a second. Every <laughs> single Michael Jordan line reading in that movie is worse than every single performance in Angel Cop. Except for the ones where he's next to Larry Bird, because Larry Bird somehow gives less of a shit than Michael does. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. Yeah. Larry, can you please put the cigar out? This is for children. No. <laughs> he did the same thing in Celtic Pride. Oh, yeah, Thanks, Alex. Seen. So. <laughs> I love that that and Ed are the ones that always come up. Ed, Ed comes up a lot, man. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'm really proud of that. Somehow like, Ed was I didn't the think least you'd hate it that much. <laughs> Ed was the least you hate Ed, like, almost as much as I hate Marmaduke. Oh, man, that is really bad. <laughs> so, yeah, that Pepe Le Pew one, again, that's... Pepe wasn't canceled, although he might as well have been because his cartoons were really shitty. Although I did see something on Facebook. Someone said, like, boy, you know, if they cancel, if they cancel Pepe Le Pew, Johnny Bravo's not far behind. That is a battle in the culture war that I will fight. You will not take away my Johnny Bravo Scooby-Doo crossover. Are we That's in danger the... of a Johnny Bravo resurgence? <laughs> That's the funniest thing of the Pepe Le Pew cancellation. It's literally a character that's designed to make fun of sex pest French people. Like, if we can't dunk on the French, what do we even have? Ladies and gentlemen, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> All right, Parker. What other news do we have? It's um, a good question. What other news do we have? I guess I've that's had it. A week. Yeah, I think there's some other stuff that came out that I don't care. I, I, did you watch the WandaVision finale? I heard it was bad. It's fine. I like oh, the show okay. pretty well overall. I'm not going to ask either of you to watch it. You'll get nothing out of it. It's fine. Correct. WandaVision, yeah, I heard or it was, as I call it, Baby Geniuses 6. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was the most avant-garde television show of all time. It was so. really Lynchian. Look, I loved having something to look forward to on Fridays because there's just nothing else in life. But also, big shout-out to Paul Bettany. Oh, my God, excuse me. Uh, teasing, like, oh, my God, I finally get to work with someone I've wanted to work with all along. In like nine straight weeks of people wondering who it was, and the result being like, oh no, it was just myself because I got to play two visions. <laughs> what a fucking king! That's that's actually good. Damn. <laughs> so cool. Okay, uh, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> now my jerk my... of the week. Go I... ahead. Oh, do you want to go? No, please go. Okay. Yeah. I thought we had an order. I, I was, always get fucked I, up. I was, I was I was taking a breath. I didn't want to belt on mic. I have to call this. Up. <laughs> My That's jerk, I paused, my, buddy. Leave it. Leave my, it. Let people see behind the curtain. Yeah. My jerk of the week is also my hero of the week. It's Myers Leonard. 
Now, Myers Leonard had uh, a bad case <laughs> had a bad case of saying a racial slur while Twitch streaming. <laughs> and uh, first of all, I, I don't know why, but to you guys, a guy who's seven foot one Twitch streaming to me is really really funny. Uh, but he accidentally said uh, the K word, the Jewish slur uh, that you should never ever say. And I did think it was really funny when, like, NBCSports.com put his entire uh, obscene rant online, and they censored every single word in it except that word. <laughs> really lets you know where their priorities lie. But he's still my hero of the week because he takes the pressure off Josh. Congratulations, Josh. You're no longer the <laughs> racist guy on the podcast. Parker, bad news. <laughs> okay. Dude, like... It's on. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, uh... My favorite Myers Leonard anecdote. I don't remember which Heat player it was, but, like, after the, the bubble when the Heat made the, the finals last year, mm-hmm. um... One of the NBA players was doing, like, the podcast circuit, and, uh, he was talking about how every night after the Heat won, there would be, like, a party in the, the hotel lobby bar, and it would just be all the coaches and Myers Leonard just shotgunning gears. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Real rough week for him, but, uh, buddy, you know, we can have parties again. Like, you let us know. You seem like a real cool dude. Thinking about I someone seven the... feet tall in a gamer chair is really funny to me. I, I love the, the picture that they posted of his apology saying, I never intended any hate against anyone else while he's wearing, like, those Macho Man Randy Savage Twitch streaming glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they got all the chrome lights on him like he's in drive. <laughs> I can't wait to quarantine over so I can go back to saying slurs in the drive jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Secreting a crowbar in one of the sleeves as you go to Taco Bell, just in case. (laughs) Hey, uh, in case you guys don't know it, I'm real cool, and I don't talk to women, and I say it. (laughs) I don't even look both ways before I say it. Because I'm a respected loner. I say all of it. Every letter. Alex, uh, I hear tell you have a jerk of the week. Yeah, my jerk of the week is Prince Harry for looking so much like Carson Wentz. <laughs> See, here's the thing about Carson Wentz. He, uh, he was not no, good at quarterback no, for the past no. couple of years. No. And uh, my favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know. They, Parker, they, they your jerk really... of the week. <laughs> my jerk of the week is Peyton Manning, who will not let Papa John go a day without forcing him to say the N-word. It's been 20 long months. And he can't catch a break. How is Peyton I just Manning imagine we're on like we're on like Saw 17. Peyton Manning, Manning is wearing the mask as he walks in with a double deluxe pizza to Papa John's cell. <laughs> Papa, would you like to play a game? Can we can we please like get back to like the actual video that I hope no one actually watched because it was like an OAN thing. But he says it was 20 months of him trying to get it out of his vocabulary and his dictionary. <laughs> is it like what do you make it? Kid smoke a whole carton of cigarettes. No, he's just like he's just like flipping through the D's and E's in case it's hidden in there. Just oh, fuck, I might have missed one. Just he's just like saying it like a hundred times a day, and his teachers looking at him like, yeah, not much fun anymore now, is it? He's just on store front, like, oh, haven't heard of that one. Well, just to be safe, let me fire this one off. <laughs> And then the uh, th- then they canceled that one uh, Dr. Seuss book with the N word in there, and he was just like, uh, 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 uh. the word "trying" really does a lot of heavy lifting in that whole. It really article. does. <laughs> I've been trying for almost two years. Like people have been trying just to not die in quarantine. He's just been in his mansion, like, don't fucking say it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. <laughs> 
<laughs> like he was talking about, he's like, I was trying to do two things during the these last twenty months. A, get rid of the N word in my vocabulary and dictionary, which already, dude, you already gotta know what the headline is gonna be. And two, reclaim the status of my good name. I'm like, dude, that is like the main quest, okay? That's like defeat Ganon. <laughs> this is this is a side quest is getting rid of the N word. That's like get the just sword. Like, uh... <laughs> There was just like a terminally ill kid in his house that desperately wanted him to say it. Get, watch you stick to breaking the pots and taking rupees, my dude. You gotta walk. <laughs> He's just like hands clenched, staring into the mirror. You just hear, "We're gonna skate to one song and one song only," and he just punches the mirror. <laughs> he can't help himself. <laughs> Hope he's doing John well. Schnatter, what does that word mean to you? No, no one knows what it means, but it's provocative. <laughs> Gets people fired. <laughs> Up. <laughs> All right, here, here's to 20 more, my dude. You got this. <laughs> this is a podcast about movies. <laughs> Sometimes. Are you sure? <laughs> No, not anymore, I'm not. Okay, tell you what. Let's talk about what we watched. Alex came over, and she wanted to watch one of her favorite movies ever. It's a little movie from the 80s called Earth Girls Are Easy. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but it's got... um, uh, Nobody show this to Pepe Le Pew. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Damn it. I I think this is better than anything I had. LeBron James does have to stop those aliens. It's a 1A, 1B. Well, there are aliens in this movie, but it's uh, Gina Davis. Now, I don't know if you guys know anything about Gina Davis, but she was like an actual... Is an actual genius. She has like a super high IQ. And in most of the movies... Is that why she was in Stuart Little? (laughs) Was she really? I didn't... I forgot about that. Damn. Uh... I bet that movie made some money. Anyway, uh, in most of the movies that you watch her in, you can kind of tell because she just has this sort of like aura about her. It's like, she seems really smart. Uh, hey, Chris, how many tight ends does she play? <laughs> Depends on the down and distance, which I remember on this one play. Okay. Good news, we sorted the Brainiac thing out. High five everyone. <laughs> <laughs> fucking did it. So when Earth Girls are easy, Alex is listening to this and just clenching her fist. <laughs> it's my favorite movie ever. Yeah, so anyways, the Rams fucking suck, huh? <laughs> Got him. Scoreboard. In this movie, unfortunately, Gina Davis is supposed to play a really ditzy, idiotic character. And I gotta tell you, she does a really, really good job. Um, it also Oh, so like Sean McVay in the Super Bowl against the Pats. Exactly. That's I would compare it to Super Bowl 53. Uh, this also has her husband at the, or I guess her boyfriend at the time, Jeff Goldblum, who's really good, Damon Wayans, and Jim Carrey. Uh, now I want to talk about Jeff Goldblum and, and Jim Carrey in particular. They, they play these aliens and they come to Earth and they, when she shaves off, it turns out they're really hot. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, I mean, look at the guy. He's, he's been very, very good looking for some time and you could tell why Gina Davis was so into him. I, I remember the first time I put on the fly for her, which again, she hadn't seen. I was like, dude, look at his hair. Isn't it great? She's like... Oh, honey, please, you haven't seen him until you've seen him in Earth Girls Are Easy. It's not a very good Alex impression, I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, she's yeah. going to love that, too. Yeah, she's going to roll. That group chat's going quiet. Uh, so, she, I, I'm watching this with her, and the first reveal of Jeff Goldblum in human form, I was just like, oh, you were right. Oh, I see. 
And the other thing she told me is that she's been into Jim Carrey for a while. She has not seen the number 23, so I guess that would <laughs> kill <a> it. <laughs> she hasn't seen him in the rain with that saxophone, man. Now we're going to watch one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> Tit for tat. So Jim Carrey. That's fair, dude. One of the ones, I remember the first time she told me that, she, she had a, I think she said she had a crush on Jim Carrey as the Riddler in Batman Forever. And I was like, really? Him? That movie? How? Man, you know what? It's their month. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, yeah, it was all. There was a, their special day on Monday, so watch it, Mister. Uh, but I was like, okay, I, you know, attraction is a very personal thing or whatever. She was like, no, 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 you need to see him in a different movie. I'm like, okay, let's see him in Earth Girls Are Easy. This is like one of his first starring roles or something like that. Holy shit, guys! I, it jumped. Like the first time you see him in human form, he's got blonde hair. He looks astounding. I would have tongued his genitals. So, yes, I would have gone all the way for him. I mean, he looks incredible. And at first I started thinking, like, maybe that's how he got his foot into Hollywood, is just by being really good looking. Then he started doing, like, the rubber face stuff. I'm like, okay, what if I actually watch one of his early comedy specials? I think there's one on YouTube that pops up in the algorithm all the time where he's wearing this multicolored shirt. It was terrible. It was <laughs> fucking awful. I'm like, what the fuck? This is nowhere near as good as... Ace Ventura. So, like, how did he get his start here? It couldn't have been Earth Girls Are Easy because he's, like, a, a third character in this one. I guess it just was uh, in Living Color, which I did like him a lot in. But, oh, man, that fucking uh, stand-up special that he had was just dire. Like, three jokes I laughed at the entire time. The rest is just like, oh, God, why are you doing that? So, here's the thing about Earth Girls Are Easy. I guess I might as well talk about the movie. It's actually kind of funny. There are actually some really funny moments in there. It's definitely unique. It's uh, it's different from pretty much every other movie I've ever seen. There are multiple musical sequences, so sorry, Alex, this is going to get assigned to you at some point. And you're going to have to be nice to it, because Alex is nice. But uh, it's... <laughs> That'll stop him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, you really yeah, that, got me. Yeah, that really stopped you with You know me, girl. notorious hater of musicals. <laughs> uh, but, uh... <laughs> But, uh, you know, there are some jokes in there that are really funny. I think one of the things that really stood out to me is it almost feels like it was directed by the people who are making it because it feels like it was like their third take of a certain scene. They're just like, what if I just did this? And they just change everything around. And the director's just like, okay, just go ahead and do that. There's some really funny one-liners and stuff. I don't know that I'd call it a classic, but I could see why it's a cult movie. So uh, Earth Girls Are Easy, pretty good. Again, I'm sorry about the voice. I uh, I watched Adieu. Gal <laughs> Speaking of anime OVAs, I watched Adieu, Galaxy Express 999, Last Stop Andromeda, which is a sequel to Galaxy Express 999. I don't get it. I, uh, <laughs> I think my biggest problem here is that when I went in to watch some of these anime OVAs that were on that list that Parker sent me, I was really looking for Angel Cop, and instead I got Galaxy Express 999, which is not Angel Cop. So, lesson learned. Do you think are? If anyone uh, is listening to this and is just like, oh, actually, I preferred the first movie to Adieu Galaxy Express 999, the next movie I watched was Demons. <laughs> oh, buddy. Dude, Alex, have you seen Demons? <laughs> I have not seen Demons. Demons is borderline a future episode. Okay, so it's an Italian horror movie. Stop, don't fall asleep. It's actually really good. <laughs> Makes Doing no, the hand thing, you're good. No fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, so this good. movie is astonishing. It came out in 1985, which I think is important because I think it, I wouldn't say it rips off, but it takes a lot of inspiration from The Evil Dead and like 20 other movies. 
and it is so powerful. At one point, there's a greaser riding a motorcycle, wielding a samurai sword, chopping apart uh, flesh-eating demons, while uh, fast as a shark by accept plays in the background. It is There's... one of the greatest moments <laughs> in cinema history. Like, there is so much hair metal in this movie. <laughs> There's that fucking you title card attention. after they have like all the actors like featuring. It's like, does that say Motley Crue? You guys. <laughs> they have What's like... Happening? They have, like, actual bands in this. They start playing that Billy Idol song. Was it White Wedding, like I think? White Wedding plays during a fucking nightmare demon attack. Like, I it's could understand good. affording Accept, but how did you afford... I thought Billy Idol was pretty big back in 1985. How did you get him? Uh, the thing about demons is, as stupid as it is, and this is relentlessly stupid, there are enough moments of absurdity in there where it's kind of like blank spots, where you're like your mind is filling in the blanks about what is causing this, why it's happening, what's going to happen next, why did that helicopter just crash into the movie theater, why is a blind guy going to a movie theater. There's a whole bunch of... good. (laughs) This is real good, dude. Also, don't worry, the whole thing's in extraordinarily poorly dubbed English. It's what you want. It's my favorite. Now, Parker... I know we've been clean for 20 months, but we got to talk about the black guy. It's a lot. <laughs> this guy, he plays a pimp in this movie, and he is motherfucking every single person in the movie. <laughs> the one black character is basically just a black dynamite character. In he really is. <laughs> He's fucking awesome, too. And here's the thing, not to spoil anything, but he, he gets killed by one of the demons. And uh, Parker tells me... You know, there's a demons too, and I'm just like, what? And I check it; it's on the list, so immediately I'm downloading it, and I'm mean, acquiring legally. And I'm like, well, it will never be as good as the first one because it doesn't have that black guy. Uh, pop quiz, hot shot: <laughs> Who plays the gym coordinator in here? So he's remember the gym scene in fucking Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Imagine if that one guy. I don't even remember what his name was, Bozo or whatever, is just played by the black guy from Demons 1. (laughs) Now imagine what an Italian director thinks a New York black guy sounds like, and then what that overdub sounds like. (laughs) Oh, so Joey Wheeler, got it. (laughs) No, then you crank it up to 111. (laughs) Damn, sucker, this movie's crazy. It's really good. I was just walking around my my house talking about, talking like the black guy from that damn movie Demons. (laughs) (laughs) So Demons takes place in a movie theater where they're just watching a movie and then people start turning into demons and then like 20 minutes in we just start following these scum scumbum punks just doing coke in their car knowing that they're about to get also get murdered like you get all yeah. these people bottled in and they're like hey let's get some you know cool 80s punks that'll fit into this hair metal movie and unfortunately, the movie can't really be improved upon because if you want to explain all the holes in the movie, the movie's two hours long, and I'm not going to watch that. Correct. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't want a- any explanation. <laughs> Someone puts on a mask in a movie, and then people start getting eaten. It's yeah. good. The movie is sub-90 and perfect that way. The That ending of that movie is just like, wait, what? We're just... Okay. All right. Fine. We're doing that then. <laughs> yeah. I uh, woke up at seven in the morning for no reason. Could not fall back asleep. So I just watched Demons. So I'd be fresh on it. <laughs> Demons. I'm Demons so Two should be watched in a state of like just dozing off every five minutes. So you're not really sure what part of it happened. If they, if you slept through like an explanation, if these are the real voices, it's the optimal way to experience it. 
in like a normal movie, if you doze off for like five minutes or like Alex during Justice League, two hours, <laughs> then the likelihood that you miss something important is like like 90%. You're going to miss something important that's critical to the plot. If you doze off in the middle oh, of really Demons or Demons 2, huh? it's like 50%. You know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah, it probably wasn't explained anyway. Don't worry about it. I dozed uh, off during Demons 2 last night and woke up to what was clearly a little person in a dog suit mauling a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Fuck. Alright. Right. <laughs> Italy is two. the coolest country on earth. Demons this, is... this will be talked about in my segment, but I've been watching a lot of canon films this week. Oh, and this is going to go on the list right after oh. all. All of the good. canon films that we've added. So, so, de- so the, here's the thing: Demons Two is not quite as good as Demons because honestly, I look at Demons. I think Demons is a good movie. I like fun, whatever. Forget the labels or whatever. I had a good time watching this, and this is one of the reasons that I like movies: is watching stuff like Demons. So it is successful at what it is trying to do. It is whether that's what you want or not, but it is. <laughs> it does it very well. Yeah. Uh, so I want to get to the the last movie that I watched. Uh, Parker, I'm sorry. I had another craving for a baked pretzel. I had to go to the Look Alamo. And uh, I watched the original 1933 King Kong. Because, again, oh, put my chips down here. Yeah, that's fair. He's going to good he's, day. He's going to win. He's going to beat Godzilla. Just <laughs> telling you right now. I was sitting there thinking, like, why did you risk dying? Because you ride the last dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you know, risking death to go see Nomadland? <laughs> no. Nomadland is the state that I am in every single time I browse the internet. So, nice. We'll get to Nomadland. <laughs> it looks good, but it also looks like a book, so, you know, I'll let you guys tell me about it. It looks like another Roma. Ugh. Yeah, that's, see? I yeah, mean, that's... He can't even get us to see the Mink movie. Like, how are we going to watch that? <laughs> exactly. I'm so sick and tired of this. Anyway, uh, King Kong, the original, <laughs> 1933. I can criticize the acting. I can criticize the editing. I can criticize the racism. I can criticize the sexism. But it is worth it just to see those special effects. Those special effects are astonishing for 1933. Those, those special effects would have been astonishing in the fucking 80s, all right? I still don't know how they did some of those things in there, and they look so impressive. And this is one of the most important movies in history. This is one of the first real Hollywood blockbusters. This and uh, that racist movie from 1915 that we're not going to talk about. Birth of the Chris, Chris, important question. How big is the monkey? <laughs> Smaller than advertised, actually. Uh, that's the thing. Is like right. it, it's really driven home because everyone thinks about oh, King Kong, Eiffel Tower, right? Uh, not Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I can't believe I did that. Oh no! <laughs> Cut that! Cut that! No. Roland Emmerich is going to come to your house and cast you in one of his movies. Don't well. cut that. If I said it, you wouldn't cut it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Leave all this discussion in as well. No, okay. This is important. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. King Kong, Eiffel Tower. Leave that in. <laughs> King Kong climbing the Twin Towers. And uh, you know, everyone thinks about that one where he's just gripping it in one hand. Uh, that, and he's that's like, way easier. You just push your butt up against one, and then you put your feet on the other. And just... <laughs> no, he's doing it. No, they, he does it with Godzilla, like in The Emperor's New Groove. Like, that's what You're welcome, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> This episode okay. will be like three hours. <laughs> okay, <Rotary>. so <laughs> just for so, you, yeah. So uh, King Kong, uh, everyone thinks about him on uh, the Empire State Building, and he's like swatting at helicopters and stuff like that. In the movie, 
it's it's so much smaller than you remember. It's still gigantic, but it's still like, oh, I thought he was bigger than that. <laughs> but uh, enough about the movie King Kong, because it's what everyone knows is one of the most famous movies of all time. I want to talk about the Kong vs. Godzilla trailer, which I got to see on the big screen. And holy oh. shit, guys. Oh. The biggest Try Not To Come challenge of 2021. Okay? <laughs> well, that I thought it was a regular size Try Not To Come challenge. Disconnects with his jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should watch the original King Kong to have that moment where you meet the tribe and you go, "Ho, oh, okay." <laughs> that's it's surprisingly enough. I made you know a weird argument to make here. I don't think that that's the most racist portrayal of the movie. I think the most racist portrayal is the Chinese guy on their ship, which uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot. Who, when you see the, the way, tribe then you see the giant ape going for the white woman, you're like, "1933." Hey, wait a second, guys. I, guess, what's this I, movie about? I, I do think that he was one of the funnier characters in there because like Faye Reyes asking him it's like oh Chinese Charlie what do you think about being out on the ocean and he's just I'd like, like to apologize for what I said on stream last night I, yo that guy that guy talks like fucking Mr. Four he's just I think I've been peeling too many damn potatoes <laughs> I'm just like oh alright <laughs> what his role tongue. is on the show oh, oh. We'll say that Faye Ray is one of the funnier actresses in history. She actually has a lot of funny things to say about this. All of her, uh, she was like the, one of the first scream queens they uh, they labeled. She called it her aria of agony, which I thought was a little funny. And uh, the better one is apparently her story of how she was uh, roped into doing this movie. They were like, hey, you're going to have the, the tallest, darkest leading man in history. And she was like, Cary Grant? And they were just like... No. <laughs> Clark Gable? No. Get in the booth. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, I haven't seen the Peter Jackson one yet. I'm sure that's really good. It's got Jack Black, straight roll. So, oh, so I saw that shit in theaters. I'd that's like pretty it. good. Yeah, yeah I don't know how I remember that because I remember nothing about the movie. But, it's got Jack you know, Black. I was there. Oh, it's also got, uh, yeah, it's Jack also Black got Adrian there. Brody. So. Leading man, Adrian Brody. <laughs> yeah. Adrian Brody is on the Mount Rushmore of this podcast. Let's be real. He really is. Yeah. He's how does that so keep happening? After his, appear- th- after his classic appearance in The Pianist, which is only on there I- because of the way the name of the movie sounds. <laughs> I feel like we've watched zero Adrian Brody movies for this podcast. Correct. Yeah, he's on the Ra- Mount Rushmore anyway. Yeah, somehow. Just, him and Adrian Jeffrey Brody. Jones. That just says <laughs> Pitoff. Interesting. <laughs> 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 Fucking beat off. <laughs> Forgot about him. Alex, what did you watch? Alright, so uh, bear with me as I give the lead into this movie for a second. Now, uh, when we played the game of Game of Games, one of you was assigned a movie called Beyond the Law. Uh, would anyone would... like to volunteer themselves as the one that has to watch this movie? Uh, yeah, I haven't got to it yet. I've been meaning to, sorry. Hey, it's not a problem. I'm not trying to flame you when I say that. I only bring this up to say that I watched a different movie called Beyond the Law. <laughs> oh. Now, are you guys familiar with Born on the Fourth of July? Uh, yeah, actually, I think I am. Have you seen it? No, I, I, I think I read about it. I think it was in the library. I was just like, oh, well, you know. Okay, so you guys know how I feel about Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's common knowledge at this point for, I would assume, most of the listeners. Tom Cruise is my boy. I will defend everything he does. Born on the Fourth of July is his, like, blatant Oscar chase movie. It's like, clearly the man just wanted to win Best Actor for something. And the movie kind of sucks. Like, it's 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 hard to see the character as anybody but Tom Cruise. Like, it, it doesn't really work. Was that an Oliver it's one Stone of the movie? Few... 
You know, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but it has the the same vibe as an Oliver Stone movie, so I want to say yes. Um, but yeah, th- suffice to say, like, the movie doesn't work for me. It's understandable why he didn't get his Oscar for that. It's criminal that Tom Cruise doesn't have a Best Actor Oscar, but if that was his shot, then I get it. So beyond the law <laughs> is that movie, except in the Tom Cruise role, is Charlie Sheen with a mullet. (laughs) It is a movie where our undercover cop, Charlie Sheen, infiltrates a biker gang led by Michael Madsen with a neck tattoo. Oh, fuck me. Okay. And it is just the most saccharine, overacted movie you can possibly imagine. (laughs) Like, there's motorcycle chases, there's Charlie Sheen talking to, like, I guess his girlfriend's kid. So I don't really you would know. describe the like, motorcycle chase he, he, like, as saccharine? <laughs> yeah, he gets into confrontations with his fellow cops because he starts, you know, believing, like, oh, this Michael Madsen motorcycle gang guy is, like, you know, he's a pretty cool dude. Like, I want to defend him. It's one of those movies. But it's Charlie Sheen with a mullet. And it's just, like... I've known of, like, movies where somebody that, like, was involved was just, like, totally on one the whole time, but Jesus fucking Christ. You can just, like, the amount of coke that must have been snorted by Charlie Sheen in order to try to sell this character. Like, holy shit. It's not good. I mean, as you can probably guess, it's not good. But it's really funny. It doesn't have, like, the straight-up motorcycle comedy of something like Eye of the Tiger. But goddamn... (laughs) Charlie Sheen trying to act is really funny. <laughs> I want to watch Eye of the Tiger again. Dude, Eye of the Tiger is a future episode. You can hold on to that. Absolutely. I love when I scroll through my uh, my torrent client, you know, trying to remove old shit, and it's like all of these things that I've watched like forever ago, and it's all like, you know, the the... I have it sorted by, like, file size, so the bottom ones are, like, 1.4 gigs, 1.3, 1.3, 1.2, and you get to 700 megabyte Eye of the Tiger, because it's the only way to find it. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? Yeah, this is this is fair. I don't want to see it in any higher quality. I want it to be a .rmvb. <laughs> I think Chris would love Eye of the Tiger. He we should, uh, absolutely ma- will. We should maybe bump that up we'll with you. That we'll is see. a good-ass movie. Not, not next week, but, like... Right. You know, early May, late April, something like that. Well, we'll talk off. We don't schedule these things. (laughs) We used to, and then uh, the movie stopped being made. Oopsies. (laughs) So, uh, I watched one real movie this week. A high-budget movie from 2011 called Real Steel. Man, I still have not seen that somehow. Right. Chris, have you seen it? No, I have not seen Real Steel yet. So, it's staggering that everyone on this podcast has not seen the robot boxing movie starring Hugh Jackman. If I but wasn't me, I would bet a thousand dollars that I had seen it. I don't know how I haven't. Exactly, and like it also has working against the fact that it's 121 minutes and okay. doesn't need it. Oh, there's my answer. <laughs> and and there's an annoying kid, but also like it kind of just works. Like I compare this movie in my brain to 2012, the the John Cusack disaster movie, oh, right, which is yeah. also entirely too long and kind of stupid. Whereas this movie is kind of stupid in the same ways, but, like, in good ways, because it's about robot boxing. Like, the the whole reason they, they, like, the plot of the movie is, like, they, like, Hugh Jackman is this, 
robot fight promoter who sucks at being a robot fight promoter but used to be a really good boxer and he has to watch his dipshit kid for the summer because he needs money and they find some shitty robot of the junkyard and the kid gets real hype about it because he's a kid and he loves robots like why wouldn't you and then they find out the robot they find in the junkyard has like a shadow function so Hugh Jackson has to teach it to box and then they just like work their way up like it's it's literally just a boxing movie but with robots but like that works for me like 100% like there I don't want to call this movie good because if it were like actually good more people would have seen it but like it's an extremely functional like you can watch this with your girlfriend and not be mad that you spent two hours on it movie but also robots beat the fuck out of each other and that's cool so like it's kind of like i see what they were trying to do with this it's like kind of the perfect movie for everybody in a lot of ways that just got marginalized because it came out in 2011 when there were 30 of this movie it sounds like chappy but with a plot <laughs> Chappy but good is a good way to put it. Like you know, when you said and, uh, I watched a real movie, I thought of a lot of movies, and this was not one of them. I'll be honest. Well, Parker, let me throw you a little bone here Ooh, for the soundtrack. Oh, oh yes. Oh, Limp Biscuit, Eminem twice, oh my God. The Prodigy, and four Crystal Method songs. Yes. 2011, you say? It is. Maybe the movie I've seen in my life that is most missing, uh, remember the name. <laughs> because it's like robot training montage with Eminem playing over it. And then 30 minutes later, another robot training montage with a different Eminem song playing over it. God, it's that kind of movie. That sounds so good. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, if I saw this in a theater with like my boys i probably would have been the guy that was like yeah it was just okay but as somebody that like watched it in my bed on a streaming service it's like this movie's kind of cool i don't know why nobody talks about this like i it, it kind of works like it works better than it should even like the the fucking saccharine emotional family shit like works in this movie it's not just like all right fuck off get rid of the kid like it's not uh last action hero it the whole thing just kind of works like his his kid teaches the robot to dance that's like how they become famous like they're like they, they go out and do their like pre-ring dance it's like a taunt thing and and it gets all like the fans which are basically just wrestlemania fans on board like it it it's kind of not bad like i i know that nobody listening to this podcast is listening for movies to watch with their significant other but like you can do worse than this there's something here for everybody Big shout out to all of our listeners. <laughs> Some dumb virgin, you want to watch the robots fight? <laughs> yes. Like four people that just heard that know that I'm staring them right in the eyes as I say that. And that's all I need. They know <laughs> that you explicitly mean them. And I love that for them. So many of you tuned in this week to hear about Best of the Best 2. And unfortunately, we're not going to talk about Best of the Best 2 this week, but I will give you a consolation prize, because I watched Best of the Best 4 without warning. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> How did you watch it without warning? Dude, I, put, like, I think a this is like, the song. second best Best of the Best movie. It's really good. <laughs> so, like, it's got everything I want, because it's, like, 
40% karate and 60% gun violence. And in between, we get fat Ernie Hudson showing up to police academy to yell at Tommy Lee about how real cops use guns and karate is for pussies. We get this extremely convoluted plot where there's a mole and the mole isn't who you thought it was and then it's this other guy and like stuff just keeps happening and Tommy Lee kicks people in the face and there's incredible stuntman kills just over and over and over. Like one of the climactic scenes of this movie is like the good guys are driving from one side of a tunnel, like inside a mountain, and the bad guys are driving from the other side with a fuel tanker, and the fuel tanker just like flattens a couple bikers and then explodes, and it's like exactly what you fucking want from some shitty nineties action movie. It is like a really good explosion. I I was not expecting my best of the best rankings to go one, four, two, three. But that's where I'm at right now. Somehow the Shooter McGavin one is the worst. Like, I don't get that. I don't know what to do with that. That's, like, not how my soul works. I don't... This is, like... Like, as far as, like, direct-to-DVD 90s action, this is, like, the best-case scenario. There's a lot of car flips. There's a lot of, like, vehicles blowing up and, like, people sliding off vehicles as they slide into, like, explosive barrels and shit. It's exactly what you fucking want if that's where your mind's at and the nerve for people to say this is the worst best of the best movie you guys absolutely go fuck yourselves is this the one where one of the bad guys is the bad guy from saw in a russian accent that is correct (laughs) it's so good i didn't even have a chance to mention the russians that's (laughs) man what a good what a good series like top to bottom a lot going on there it's quite the journey from, you know, the good guys defeating the Korean bad guys at karate to uh, just shooting the fuck out of a bunch of Russian terrorists. But you know what? Tommy Lee, good job defeating the small town racism. But what if the Ruskies had a, had a <laughs> microchip and you had to just start murking people? <laughs> it's just fun to watch his arc of like... You're holding back. You can't hold back in a real fight. You have to go full force. And then all of the bodies at his feet in the next three movies. This is the one movie in this franchise where Tommy Lee's bloodlust is not an issue. Because apparently the Russians are just worth killing no matter what. (laughs) Oh, sick. These don't count. Cool. Let me just... I loved it. Alright, what else we got here? Oh, so, uh... (laughs) The other night, I started watching a movie called Cybertracker, starring Don the Dragon Wilson. Oh, buddy. We'll talk about him later. Oh, good. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Future Mount Rushmore for this podcast candidate, Don the Dragon Wilson. So I'm watching this movie, and it's... it's our, Our boy is a cop, and he's got, like, some cyborgs to come help him out when he's fighting crime or whatever and there's a lot of karate and a lot of cyborgs with guns and like 40 minutes in I pause this to go to the bathroom and realize that I am actually watching Cyber Tracker 2 <laughs> classic so naturally like I'm not gonna not finish it I come back from the bathroom I press play we find out the bad guy's evil plan which is he kidnaps people and then he makes cyborgs with their face. And then the cyborgs do assassinations. 
And then he kills the original person, so it looks like the assassin died in some tragic accident. That so naturally the in this movie thing I've ever heard in my life. Naturally in this movie, the first cyborg is Don the Dragon Wilson's wife, who <laughs> murders the governor for reasons that are completely unexplainable to everyone. And he's just like why did my wife kill the governor? This is very confusing. They start to investigate, only for the bad guy to realize that he has been investigating. Being investigated by Officer Don the Dragon Wilson. So he then makes a cyborg of one Don the Dragon Wilson. And the rest of the movie is Don the Dragon Wilson fighting his own cyborg. I love that he's credited as Don the Dragon Wilson in all of his movies, by the way. It's so cool. <laughs> It is super, super good. We get a scene that I am not exaggerating when I say it's like 15 minutes of Cyborg Don the Dragon Wilson just blowing away an entire police precinct. <laughs> just like, like blows away everybody in the opening floor like you're expecting, checks all the holding cells like you're expecting, then walks up the stairs with Cyborg feet to the second floor to blow away more cops. Like, it is in Incredible. <laughs> we get a fight in this movie. So apparently, I found out after the fact, apparently one of the good guy cyborgs in this movie is the bad guy from the first movie. And I guess, like, the Easter egg is supposed to be that he was, like, his cyber chip was repurposed to now be a good guy. <laughs> we get a five and a half minute cyborg fist fight where every time somebody lands a punch, it just makes, like, a metal clanging noise and nothing hurts anyone. Which, of course, results in one of them getting pinned and beheaded. Because <laughs> how else are you going to kill a cyborg? Dude, I don't know this. what happens in Cybertracker 1, but I'm really excited to watch the Cybertracker 2 prequel. Like, <laughs> I'm so... This was so fucking good. Like, Don the Dragon Wilson is a complete void of charisma, as I'm sure we will get to in your segment. He is. God awful. <laughs> but the man loves to throw face level kicks. And that's all I need. Alright. He's so good. So, uh, <laughs> so, two more to talk about here, and they are related. So, let me give you the plot of American Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so our hero whose name I am absolutely going to mispronounce, but we'll give a shot to anyway. One, uh... Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> so he's just, in a, he's, just in, he's just in a military unit in what I think is the Philippines. Dudikoff. And uh, he's, like a, he's a driver for military convoys across this tiny, shitty island. And they're driving. They got the governor's daughter with them. It's a really big deal, you know. Sorry, the colonel's daughter, not the governor. I wouldn't want to get the characters and whatever the fuck is going on here confused. The colonel's daughter in the in the motorcade with them. They get attacked by like Filipino terrorists. And as we see, you know, the the terrorists and the servicemen fighting, we look up on the hill and there's a bunch of ninjas watching. <laughs> so our lead, one Michael Dudikoff, is just doing ninja kicks and flips and just kicking people in the face and doing all sorts of ninja shit. And the ninjas, of course, like, how does this Westerner know the art of ninjutsu? <laughs> Chris, 
Would you like to guess how this Westerner knows the art of ninjutsu? Well, it's not fair for me to guess because I saw your letterbox review, and I think you would very much like to say it. Uh, you actually didn't see this part of it, because I left this part out of the review for this reason. Let's hear it. So it turns out that baby Michael Dudikoff somehow ended up on some island in the South Pacific, where there was also a Japanese soldier who didn't know the war ended, who was also a ninja, who trained him in the art of ninjutsu and then wiped his memory and sent him off to join the U.S. Armed Forces for you figure it out. So anyway, American Ninja 1. He fights ninjas... He pursues the colonel's daughter in this relationship. When they're meeting up, more ninjas come. He has to fight them. We go to the ninja camp where the, the chief ninja, who is known only in voice lines as Black Star Ninja, because he's a ninja with a Black Star tattoo under his eye, has trained all of the other ninjas. He just, like, murders a couple other ninjas, and then one of the white guys goes... That's the greatest honor for a ninja to be killed by the Black Star Ninja. Like, <laughs> it is just hand to hand fighting, and then the army shows up, and there's guns, and there's more hand to hand fighting, and there's more guns, and it has such a beautiful climax where East meets West, and our American ninja is just doing karate on a bunch of ninjas' faces. While the U.S. Army rolls through and blows people <laughs> with Gatling guns. There's a climactic fight against a Black Star Ninja in a swimming pool. Correct. <laughs> it's so good. There are multiple helicopters blown up. Like, I'm sure that most everyone listening right now has seen a fireworks show before. Like, you're sitting out there for 15, 20 minutes going like, Oh, this is cool, I love the fireworks, this is so awesome. And then they just go insane, and you're like, oh, fuck, this is the finale. This is what they all wanted us to come for. That's the end of this movie. It's <laughs> really good. It's like you get, like, a regular amount of explosions throughout the first, like, 70 minutes, and the last 20 is just... Everything explodes. <laughs> Canon Films is perfect. Now I just want to let you know that... A gentle reminder that they made American Ninja, because after Ninja 3, the domination, they were like... Hey, people don't want to see broads do ninja moves, so they just made this instead. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about all of the ninja trilogy at some point in the future. But for now, we are focused on the American Ninja Quintilogy. About to say, because you said trilogy, which is interesting. <laughs> there are fucking... I can't imagine what American Ninja 5 looks like, but I feel like I won't have to imagine for much longer. Yeah, you'll probably find out next week, because oh my movie-watching crew is just all in on the American Ninja series. <laughs> I love that movie. So, American Ninja 2. Yes. <laughs> we are now in the Caribbean. <laughs> Apparently, the Marines control whatever the fuck island this is. And Army Rangers, Michael Dudikoff, and the other main character from the first movie, whose name I am unfortunately forgetting right now, which is absolutely hurting my feelings... They have to come to investigate the disappearances of a bunch of marines. So they go out in a boat, touring the islands with a bunch of marines. One of them pulls the fuses on their boat. So they end up on this random island. And then like 400 ninjas attack them. 
And like there's hand-to-hand -hand combat, there's harpoons being thrown. It's important to note that the ninjas in this franchise love bow and arrow. So there's always like a ninja standing up on like a 40-foot tall cliff shooting a bow at somebody and then missing and breaking his bow over his knee and running away, which is <laughs> what I want, like always. So I'm watching this movie and the plot is like, all right, the Marines are here. There's some drug dealers on a nearby island. Everybody's kind of cool with them because they don't fuck with anything. And then they start kidnapping people. And you're just sitting there like, wow, why would these drug dealers kidnap people? That like doesn't seem like they're out of oh, They just want to sell drugs, right? Like, what's, what's the point of all this kidnapping? Well, as it turns out, they need people to inject with ninja DNA <laughs> to turn them into <laughs> other ninjas. Is that how that works? Apparently. I, <laughs> Much like being a Jedi, them. it's all about your blood. <laughs> it is all about the mitochondria. Correct, Parker. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a scientist, and he takes the blood from the good ninjas and puts it in the bad ninjas. And then the good ninja... When I say good ninja, I mean like the ninja that is good at being a ninja, not the good guy. <laughs> like, we get like a... A three-minute fight scene where he murders all the other ninjas and goes like, Yes, I am the top ninja. This is why you need my blood to put in the other ninjas. Which, you know, you would think if you were worried about all these people in, in the Marines invading your island, you wouldn't just kill all your ninjas. But they do. Wait, isn't that legitimately, the like, the plot of the Clone Wars? They just find the best ninja and make a whole clone army? That fucking owns. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, that's basically this. That sounds real good. And then the marines roll in, like, so they're shooting, and there's ninjutsu, and there's more shooting, and there's more ninjutsu, and the good guys win. And you can tune in next week for American Ninja 3, which stars a completely different guy. Hell yes. <laughs> Parker, what do you got for us? Alright, let me just skip over. Okay, so, Don the Dragon Wilson... <laughs> I did not realize that he was the star of one virtual combat that you had watched. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I discovered him because my good friend Mac and I have been watching all of the early, early, early UFCs back when it was no rounds. And the only rule was like, hey, no eye gouging and no biting. You can do whatever the fuck else you want. <laughs> and uh, on event number seven, I think it is, NFL legend Jim Brown is replaced on commentary by Don the Dragon Wilson. Which, of course, made us go right to his Wikipedia page. I learned two things. One thing is that Don the Dragon Wilson is in a movie called Blood Fist. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is that he is in eight movies called Blood Fist. <laughs> so I have oh, a buddy. busy schedule ahead of me. Here's the thing about Blood Fist. It's just blood sport, but with more karate. <laughs> All of our central characters are just martial artists who cannot act whatsoever. And it says, like, on their title card, instead of being, like, starring Don Wilson, it's Don Wilson, World Kickboxing Association Light Heavyweight World Champion, Billy Blanks, <laughs> Professional Karate League World Champion, and then just a bunch of people who never worked again. <laughs> like, the cold open is just a, two dudes fighting in an underground death match. One guy kills his opponent gets his prize money, leaves, it just gets jumped in the streets and beaten to death. So Don the Dragon Wilson has to go to the Philippines to avenge his brother, showing up wearing a Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt and immediately getting mugged. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, you, you <laughs> talked about uh, how well he can kick. 
there are several montages that are just him kicking empty beer bottles that are head level. That's his training. <laughs> <laughs> um, the big bad guy is just an obscenely large Vietnamese man whose proportions make no sense. He looks like an anime. <laughs> he has Luciferian angel cop proportions. <laughs> <laughs> And of course he befriends a guy out there who almost every line of his is dubbed over after the fact because he's horrible. Uh, his friend gets the shit beat out of him in the tournament. He avenges him and also fucks his sister. It is a fantastic film. <laughs> may or may not be in a torrent of all eight movies on IP torrents that's free leech right now. Just throwing it out there, but also I'm pretty sure they're all on Prime, so don't even worry. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Let's see, I watched Demons and Demons 2 because Chris is telling me about them, and, I mean, why wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, ooh, I watched a movie called The Mercenary. Now, this is directed by Jesse V. Johnson, who you might know from, like, a dozen Scott Atkins movies. This okay. one does not have Scott in it. It has someone oh. he used to work with in the 90s. But here's the thing. He's a former mercenary, right? They're on this mission, and he catches a dude doing some bad shit. So he intervenes, and he gets his throat slit and just left for dead. He's found and taken in by a local priest. So for this whole movie, there's just this dude who can murder anyone with his bare hands, just wearing priest clothes like, just give me a fucking reason, just give me a fucking reason to do it. And you're waiting, because you know, like, people will, like, attack and he'll non-lethally take them out. But they keep getting attacked, the village is constantly under fire. And then it gets to a point where the old priest is like... You, maybe you should do God's work the way you know how in the last 30 minutes is him murdering people <laughs> <laughs> there are so many squibs it is so fucking good dude it is I wish it was Scott Atkins because this guy does not have Scott Atkins charisma at all but it's real fucking good it is really violent and really bloody like unnecessarily so there are a lot of close quarters knife kills which skip you know I'm always passionate about. <laughs> so I love when people when people respect the 21 foot rule. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I opened Hulu, and uh, I go to the new movies, and I see Triggered. I'm like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> and then I realize, wait a second, this is a different movie called Triggered. <laughs> Let me give you the plot of this movie. A bunch of old high school friends are hanging out. I don't remember what the occasion was, it doesn't matter. They're just in the woods, camping out, and they all get attacked, and they get gassed. And they all wake up with a bomb strapped to their chest, all of which have timers on them. <laughs> They're told that only one of them gets out. And also, if you kill someone, whatever time they had left gets added to your time. What year did this come out? Like two weeks ago. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry, that's really real funny. Looking good, dude. That's a really funny use of the title there. Come on. It's, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's exactly what you think it is. They get to it pretty quickly and it just devolves into every. No one trusting each other. Accidental murders, people turning on each other. You don't really know, like, who the bad guy is until the very, very end. And even then, it makes no sense, but you don't care. And of course, the very last shot of the movie is our lone survivor, covered in blood, just like in tears, making it to the road, pulling over a truck, yelling at him, and he just goes, fuck that, and speeds off, and then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's another five stars from this guy. 
Let me see here. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't been able to watch much because I was working overnights and just trying to sleep when I could. But the last thing I'll mention is uh, I watched Coming to America, not the sequel. I watched the original one because as someone who watched Comedy Central, I've probably seen it in bits about a thousand times, but I don't think ever straight through. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with Coming to America. It's two hours long. Oh, Oh, what are we doing no. with a two-hour-long romantic comedy? I'm fine with it. You know, I've never I, actually seen it. Uh-huh. Really? I think yeah. you'd like it. Yeah. It okay. didn't hold it's, up as well as I thought it would, but it's also because I still remembered every single joke. Yeah. It it works better than you think it was, and also, it will always get laughs in this house, because, like, a week after we watch it, my girlfriend referred to it as the Will Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's right. That's that, <laughs> yep. I I maintain I that is that. worse than my Ahmad Rashad fuck up. So, <laughs> well, look, it's not her fault. They didn't have black people in her country. Like, <laughs> she's doing her best. It's it's been a learning curve, but we're we're doing okay. It falls into that problem a lot of these movies do, where you get to the last act, you're like, oh, we have to do the serious emotional part. We forgot about the jokes, but like, it's still pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to give myself a shout out because the movie ends. And obviously, Coming to America, the sequel, is exclusive to Prime. I'm watching Coming to America on Prime. They're like, hey, you want to watch this? And I looked at it and went, nah. And then I closed out of it. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate you know the self-control during Lent. I'm pr- and uh, considering how streaming movies work, that'll just be off the front page next week, and I'll never see it. And you know what? That's fine. That's absolutely fine. I, I will be reporting back next week. Ooh. It's been brought up multiple times in my house. Let me know. Like, we were we were watching something during dinner. That popped up afterwards. I was like, hey, you want to watch this now? And she went, no, nah, I want to go to bed. So <laughs> Probably the correct call. But uh, I'd be remiss. That's the last movie. But I just want to mention my absolute favorite lore about coming to America, which is the fact that <laughs> Eddie Murphy, I almost said Will Smith, Eddie Murphy and John <laughs> Landis ended up fucking hating each other throughout the entire shoot. And while promoting the movie, when Eddie Murphy was asked if he would ever work with Landis again, he told them that Vic Morrow had a better chance. <laughs> so big shout out to Eddie Murphy and how much he fucking hates child murderer John Landis. Yeah, that's fair. The John second Hathaway worst Landis. Landis. <laughs> Let's talk about Angel Cop. Now, as we said at the beginning of all this, Angel Cop is a six episode anime OVA. OVA stands for Original Video Animation. And they don't oh, just does it. I didn't actually know what that's. Yeah, from. that's that's what it is. Uh, and I, for example, I there are Dragon Ball Z OVAs out there. I'm sure. Uh, I know there's ones for Sailor Moon. There there was one for Aim for the Ace, which I watched. I talked about on a previous episode. And for a while, I thought that's what OVAs were. I thought it was like, oh, it's like a custom uh, Parker often uh, non canonical, right? Uh, animation that they put out there. It's just like, hey, you know, if you're a fan of this, maybe you'd like this sort of thing. Exclusive to Japan, that sort of thing. But they also have other things. I mean, it says original video animation, so sometimes uh, directors who just want to get their art out there will make these things that are... They have no relation to anything else. They're not even based on a manga. I'm going to say it like that. And it's just like its own thing. And, and if you're a big fan of the medium, then you can go to your store in Akibara and, and purchase it. And uh, go home and watch it with the lights off. Because you don't want, to want other people to see you watching this. Absolutely. Because often in these OVAs, they feature... Like, if you can do anything that you want, 
you're allowed to really go out there. And sometimes there's uh, sex and nudity. Sometimes there's extreme uh, blood and guts and violence. And sometimes there are tentacle monsters. Like, a lot of times, actually. Like I'm sure, I am sure there is a book out there that's been written on OVAs and the popularity and the history and the development that I should probably read before just spouting off my interpretation of it. But the way that it looks to me is that, like, at some point, people weren't putting them in there due to like, well, in my dream, I thought about this tentacle monster. I think at this point, they're putting them in there and be like, look turns out the the public buys these uh buys these vhs's these dusty ass vhs's at an akibara setup shop if they have a promise of at least one titty in there so sex it's sells. like when i watch blood fist and they're like all right cool let's go meet in this strip club and i'm like oh, okay i see oh it sounds like a movie <laughs> i see what's happening here it's yeah I, they, they just do that in these. Yeah. and sometimes there's a bit of like artistic freedom this is what i want to do and I, I do think that is actually the case with angel cop because of the guy who directed it, who we'll get into a little bit later, perhaps. But uh, I think the designation is OVA is basically just like direct DVD anime. Like it's not a movie, it's not on TV. It's just straight to tape. Yeah, you said that better in eight seconds than I did in two minutes. So we'll just go with that. I mean, I'm I, also I forgot assuming you were even right. talking about the OVA. Yeah, I could be wrong because I don't. It, it sounds right to me. I, I don't know. I repressed most of those. Years I, I do know some OVAs did go to theaters. Galaxy Express nine nine nine, for example. But uh, for the most for the most part, I think a lot of people do think of OVA in that term. So Angel Cop was released uh, was more like unleashed onto the world in 1989. Uh, two of the the first two episodes released in 1989, the third in 1990, and the final three in 1994. So there is a bit of a break in between <laughs> episode three and four. Oh God, was there really? That, that w- yeah, that's actually what happened there. And I think who would the, keep up with this other than us? Imagine having to wait for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would. If, Imagine, like, in 1990, you're like, man, that, uh, that third episode of Angel Cop was really tight. I wonder what's going to happen in the next one. Four years later, at the market, be like, holy shit, I remember this. Pop it in there and be like, what? <laughs> God damn it. I searched OVA, and now it's like, hey, do you want to see the trailer for the new Prince of Tennis? I'm like, what the f- the algorithm, Chris. Again, aim for the A is actually kind of good. Better than Q. So, here's the thing. The cold open, it's like Japan and it's like modern day-ish Japan and there's the security guard just minding his own business and it's like he goes, huh! and he just gets nuked by these MERV missiles <laughs> <laughs> it's, the setup is that we're in the future and Japan is just so fucking cool and strong in my friend <laughs> that just the entire world economy runs through them and any attack on Japan is just going to destabilize the entire globe. Like I, my notes, and then someone explodes immediately. <laughs> after. My, my my notes just say Japan is leading the world's economy. LOL, LMAO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the same breath, he starts talking about left wing extremist groups, and uh, I know what my uncle's emails mean. <laughs> I, can, I can connect those dots. See, that's that's the thing is like they talk about Japan is leading the world's economy. As Japan goes, so does the rest of the world. I'm just like. At first, you're just like, oh, man, those wacky Japanese and their nationalism. But then I realized, oh, they just took what everyone has always been saying about the United States since 1776 and replacing U.S. with Japan. <laughs> We're just like, hey, wait a second. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. unfortunately, there are some... Yeah. Uh, there's no other way to describe them: communist <laughs> terrorists. Who, uh, Which, I mean, man. that's how they are referred to several times in the show. Yes, they're communist terrorists. They're very uh, angry that uh, Japan is too decadent. 
Uh, they don't want Japan to lead the world's economy because uh, the proletariat or something. I don't know. And uh, so Japan is like, okay, we'll develop CTU. Now, Alex, you disagreed with me on this. You said it's a lot more like Team America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. When you're dealing with 24 on one extreme and Team America on the other, like, there's not much difference to split. <laughs> So the narrator for all this, he actually kind of sounded like a budget Morgan Freeman. And to hear budget Morgan Freeman say their objective, world communism. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, at this point, I'm like, oh, I see why Alex wants us to watch this. Not knowing what the the next five episodes. Alex, how many episodes of this had you watched when you told me to watch it? Uh, so when I told you to watch it, I was in the middle of episode two, (laughs) and I also knew more than nothing about how it ends. Oh, man. Well. Like, at at this point, I I will just say that I knew that there was a bad guy named Lucifer, (laughs) and nothing else about them. So, here's the thing, that I also had a moment where I wrote down something a little too soon about this. I wrote, man, that cop, this cop talks just like the Italian guy from Best of the Best. What I should have written down is every character in this anime talks like the Italian guy from Best of the Best. I love it so much. Hey, what should the communist extremist sound like? Hey! <laughs> Yo, baby, this is just like the old country, Okinawa. Dude, if if the cops and the villains on like Law and Order SVU sounded like this, I would watch every episode. <laughs> like, let's be real. So I know that on a like if you look at like the the DVD case for this movie or like a bunch of pinup calendars from the eighties, you get a lot of women wearing motorcycle jackets with no shirt underneath. It's cheesecake. It's sexy or something like that. The main guy in this. Raiden also wears a leather motorcycle jacket with no shirt underneath. Dude, if you tried doing it, it's not that comfortable. <laughs> he is a brick shit house. <laughs> Look, Chris, I'm not saying you're wrong, but also I watched this and immediately looked at the prices of motorcycles. So, dude, I one of my notes on here is like I desperately need a motorcycle. <laughs> This Can we char- just get like a community motorcycle for the podcast and share it's, it? Yes, yes. <laughs> Triple C. The character reveal of him just standing there shirtless under that biker jacket, and some other cop looking at his file and being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it! <laughs> License to shoot people in the face." Dual sidecars. <laughs> just saying. Anyway, um, the so the real fun of it is like, yeah, he's investigating these uh, communist terrorists, and he goes up to a building where they're allegedly hiding. And he says, he's doing the whole knock on the door like, hey, I'm with the cleaning crew. I'm here to clean up. And the terrorist's like, hey, fuck you. How about you come in here? They're all just talking like this the entire time. Did somebody order a pepperoni and Italian sausage pizza? Hey, I got a dozen red roses here in a suspiciously long box. <laughs> You're going to blow our cover. Oh, shit. I mean, a pepperoni and sausage? <laughs> so, for some reason, their secretary lets him in. Uh, I, I wouldn't have done that. I would have said... Uh, fuck you go away but i, I guess they're just like <laughs> no. dames dude yeah i, I mean what are you gonna do yeah, yeah. i'm not even gonna make ladies i know it's your month but uh you gotta stop these uh these cops from getting up alex to has our, been canceled uh, for sexism our communist suites in these buildings so uh he's he's fighting these guys and they they get the drop on him they have like three guns pointed at him they say okay drop it or die punk and he's he's like okay he drops it then he literally does that hey look over there to them and he like takes out three different gunmen 
Then uh, the girl who let him in is trying to be like, okay, I can redeem myself. Everything will be okay. I'll be in good graces. Maybe I could even advance to the company. She says, die, you imperialist pig. And then she gets <laughs> her head fucking blown apart like a cassava melon. Her fucking skull explodes. It is so, insane. <laughs> so, Chris, you asked me at what point I told you to watch this. Was that Imperial? When her head falls out through her fucking brains is when I told Parker to watch it. So, <laughs> you knew what was up. <laughs> For context. Oh, fantastic. Because this is also when we get introduced to uh, one of our favorite characters, the title character here. Angel. Uh, if, if this also would have been the moment where if I was watching, I would have been like, Alex Barker, we need to uh, discuss. <laughs> Chris, who has spent three decades of his life, be like, what is these fucking anime nerds that they're like waifus in their pillows? And when she appears, he goes, hey, I'm your fucking backup. He's like, oh, yeah, I get it now? <laughs> the whole thing she is my girl, man. She's she's the next Ting Jian. So uh, that's bringing one back from the past. Uh, she just Jesus. obliterates the female communist. <laughs> <laughs> she sends her like brain matter to the shadow realm, and her line delivery is fucking magical. And also, I just want to get to like something here about the dub. Uh, and the way that the lines are delivered from every single character. She's the only one in this who isn't Italian. Uh, but she <laughs> she swears with every single line, but she's also putting effort into things. And it sounds crazy, it sounds stupid, and it is, but it's still objectively superior to the sub. Because in the sub, if you're going to watch it, I would bet dollars to donuts that she talks every single line like this and delivers them like this also. Because that's what they do in Japan when you're trying to do like a stoic, supercilious badass is if they're played really, really cool, they don't have any emotion when they talk. This is what doomed Metroid Other M because they're just doing a one-to-one translation of her personality. Uh, whereas in America, you have to have some personality with it. That's why Arnold movies work the way that they do. And... I love her line delivery. It's so fucking funny. Uh, it is golden. I also like the fact that they swear a lot in this anime. It's, I think in a lot of animes, they, they don't often do swears. So to hear people say fuck, it's like, that's actually kind of nice. <laughs> to say fuck. This, this makes up for it, it so much. It's, it's, it's actually like, I don't know. I gotta love it, man. Uh, it's nice to just get let the actors let loose. Although maybe it was a different time or something. Who knows? It's great because she has all of this dialogue where she's saying shit like this every line, but she delivers it like this. <laughs> like she puts on her fucking Hillary Clinton voice <laughs> to yell <laughs> "fuck" and "piss." The voice actress is code switching for we anime. We will fans. get to "fuck" and "piss." <laughs> oh, we will get to that. Don't you don't spoil one of the best lines in here. Okay, so unfortunately, I don't remember a lot of characters' names in here because I'm not great with Japanese names. So uh, it's not, not racist. So uh, I just remember the one guy who's got. I think they tried to do like the Homer Simpson beard with him or something. But they, they just didn't draw very well, so one half of his face looks slightly darker than the rest. I couldn't tell if it was like a tan or something. Uh, he's talking to uh, the boss of the anti-terrorist unit, I guess. I guess he's some guy with the government. He's wearing a business suit and tie and everything. He, For us later on, he is the capitalist. Uh, but uh, he, he, some of the dubs are not as good as the others. He says, you better get a result or I'm your ass for this. <laughs> I had to write that down because it made me uh, laugh. But here's the thing about Japanese names. So there is a, a van that's being driven by this 
kind of demure, smaller girl than Angel. She's got, like, big glasses and everything. And this fucking refrigerator of a man in the back wearing a wife beater. And I thought he was a robot for the longest time. No, we'll get to robots later. <laughs> yes, uh, but he says, there's this guy named, uh, I think in Japan, he would have said his name was Suyama. Like that TS sort of thing. He pronounced the entire yes. thing as Suyama. <laughs> USA. USA. Is, isn't that the way that Rednecks pronounced Bin Laden's first name? <laughs> I can see it in the Zero Dark Thirty trailer as you say it. Like, <laughs> yeah, take we away our freedoms, now we can't eat fries no more. It's <laughs> so like pig Suyama. <laughs> so there's like a, a group of four terrorists, and they escape from custody custody on a plane. So right after Con Air, I guess they take an attack uh, helicopter. They fly away. Then they're in a van. Turns out they're being led around by I think his name is Tachibana Tachihara, something like that. He, he looks like he's tw- I think Tachihara. Tachihara, is right, I think that's, yeah. I think. Yeah, something like that. He's he's one of the characters. Uh. I'm going to go with Tachi Har. He looks like he's 20 years old. Why is he in charge? <laughs> it, and I wrote down, <laughs> is he in charge because he's also a cyborg or something? I just predicted there would be cyborgs in here. Really? Because I wrote down a line that he says in this van chase, which is, and I quote, the regular Japanese police force are a bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> so he also watched Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> It just fucking owns that they're all afraid of this, like, Japanese torture police unit. Because they're like, oh, you know, all oh, those regular pussies aren't going to oh, bother boy. us. Well, but, uh, turns out they will have bigger they will have bigger things to be afraid of in later episodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, all the communist terrorists talk like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villains. <laughs> You're not wrong. So we get a brief shot of... I don't know if you, you guys saw Akira, right? The, the, you know the motorcycle slide? We have a really brief shot of Angel doing that. And I'm just like, wow, that's like only a year after it and they already incorporated it. That's a good way to show how influential Akira was. And I think now's a good time to take a quick, uh, just a quick sidebar and talk about the guy who uh, wrote and directed this uh, lovely picture. It's called uh, Akira <laughs> uh, something or other. And I... Uh, Ah, yes. Yeah, Ikiro something or other. I'm not good with Japanese names. Yeah, I I just... (laughs) Motherfucker almost said Ichiro. We all heard it. Is that how it's... Wait, it's one of those. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Ichiro. Maybe that's, like, the actual way to say it. I'm not racist. So, here's the thing. He's also known for, like, a bunch of other things. He was also known for Space Force, the Royal Wangs of Hanyames. He did uh, Macross. He he was involved in Gundam for a bit. There was something called Megazone that he did that I'd like to see. And more importantly, he did a little picture called Violence Jack Evil Town, which uh, sounds like it's in our picture. <laughs> Violence Jax. He fights violence with violence. <laughs> I need to see Violence Jax. So <laughs> I know what I'm doing when we're done recording. So that's, so that's sure. the thing. is like, Apparently this guy was like... He's like the badass of the anime industry. I guess he's just... <laughs> he's the bad boy of anime. Yeah, he's the bad boy of anime, <laughs> yes. Uh, he's, he's well known for two things. Uh, one is he's got... He's really, really good at... Uh, like aerial uh, animation, things that look good in midair, which is why Gundam was so good under his uh, watchful eye. And also riding his motorcycle on the pedestrian overpass on bridges. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say, and also saying it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The Myers Leonard of anime. (laughs) All right, Papa John, reset the counter. You watched the anime. (laughs) 
So uh, this guy, he's he's pretty badass, man. Uh, he's apparently really tough to work with, but when he turned out great stuff like Angel Cop, which is apparently his brainchild, but for some reason, I've never heard of this before. And I think it's, like, not super popular. Like, you look on the Wikipedia, there's almost no information on it. Except for one blurb, which we will have to get to later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will. So, uh, Angel is chasing after the communist terrorists. Uh, the, the leader, Tachihara, jumps out of his van off a bridge into a river, which would kill him. And I think Raiden... Does Raiden crash and almost die in this episode? I think he does. It's unclear to me. Yeah, it's unclear to everyone who watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Angel Cop is like, oh, wait, they went down that uh, alley. And she sees what I would describe as a hologram of Gene Simmons. (laughs) uh, We talked about this off mic, but what my notes say right here is Mickey Free. (laughs) And Parker wrote Brian May. And you know what, guys? I think there's a little bit of that in all of them. So... (laughs) The very large man with very large, stupid 80s yeah, hair. and it turns out he painted the alleyway with the communist terrorist's blood. So, unclear <laughs> whose side he's on, but I also wouldn't fuck with him. My first thought was, is that the bad guy from he's, Fear? <laughs> he's the bad guy. He's the old guy writing Black's Rule on his fucking alley. <laughs> 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 it fucking owns that like we get this scene and it's immediately followed by like a heavy metal guitar at a nightclub. Oh right, and it's yeah. like oh, you know exactly what you're doing. Okay, right. Them yeah. hanging out at a hair metal bar in like nineteen ninety is so cool. It, watching this right I mean, after wouldn't, demons wouldn't we, was a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to watch this again, you guys. <laughs> I know, this I'm, is, I'm ready right this now. This is staying on the old hard drive. I'll tell you that right now. So after that, uh, shout out to this release for including the next time on Angel Cop. Find out if the communist terrorists are able to withstand the plan of uh, whatever thing. Uh, tune in next time for the also so, like like can I be real the uh, the outro song is actually kind of yeah it was actually it was a banger. Ca- unfortunately uh, Alex I also liked it so <laughs> much like Highlander there could be three only for one three for once <laughs> like all I know is like we set up like okay it's about these communist terrorists okay and you get this wild shootout and it's super hard like okay I know what this is gonna be and then a man just teleports, and you're like, hang on a second. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> there's five more episodes. What are we doing here? Yet, yep. Somehow, this is the best transition to the next episode, because episode two, which also was released in 1989, it seems like the plot is just changing. So you remember how we were talking about the communist terrorists? Yeah, don't get too attached to them. They're not going to be here much longer. Yeah. So they're in some sort of high-rise apartment building or something like that, and the terrorists have a plan. Their plan is to shut down the subways. And I know I'm being a little reductive when I uh, when I summarize their plan this way, but I'm pretty sure one of them says something like, "The goal is to make it long is to make it take longer for commuters to get to work." Yeah. <laughs> While they're distracted with that, we'll scoop in and make things even worse. It is like this sounds like a fucking Team Rocket plan. <laughs> we'll scoop in and steal their bulbous. And nobody's going to be able to get on their trains, and then we're going to steal Pikachu. It's a fucking Professor Chaos plan. It's so stupid. Now, I, I got to admit, at this point, I, I just started writing down lines, and I probably should have provided more uh, more context here. I think. Not necessary. I think at this point, they catch uh, Takihara. Tachihara, 
Uh, it's like Akira versus Achira. No, I don't know which is which. Uh, and they start torturing him. And <laughs> holy shit, this gets a little intense. You know, that's like, all right, you know, now they got gangrene in his arm. You show the maggots in there going pour boiling water. That's a bit much. And at some point, someone says the words, all right, butt fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not, I don't want to back us up too far, but I also wrote down a line. When they're being chased on that bridge, and Ichihara yells, See you later, comrades! And just jumps out of the moving van. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I had enough time to write that line down because I was busy writing everything else. Thank you for filling in the gaps. <laughs> Absolutely. So, it turns out, uh, remember Angel? Angel Angel Cop, she's the... She's a girl. Don't worry about it. Uh, Angel Cop, who does nothing this whole series. Yeah, she does very, very little. I don't know why she gets, uh, <laughs> you know, titular uh, status here. But remember the uh, the girl who drives the van? I mentioned her for the previous episode. Well, it turns oh, out... Oh, looks like the secretary from Ghostbusters. Oh, she does. Hey, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, she, she's very much the, uh, the Lucy from Twin Peaks of this season. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it turns out they don't like each other very much. They're arguing, and... Uh, uh, turns out Angel is uh, relatively unconcerned about Raiden and his motorcycle injuries. And uh, that other girl whose name escapes me. Damn, I wish I knew her name. She says, don't he you care have. about anyone? And she's like, it's not my problem. He should have been more careful. He should have been, sorry, he should have been more fucking careful with his stupid fucking ass. <laughs> and, uh, and you're just like, all right, that's a little extreme. And the secretary girl, she's not a secretary. That's kind of reductive. It's, it's especially in like their special month. Uh, it's their <laughs> <laughs> every time. <laughs> their, the uh, other the other girl, which unfortunately that's who she is. The other girl says to her, "See you later, ice bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and that is a line that felt like it was from the dub of Ghost Stories. <laughs> it's, it's so out of place because like you have this girl who's clearly supposed to be like the nebbish secretary who has giant gazongas because it's Japan. <laughs> like, Speaking of giant gazongas, Angel... makes no sense given what we know about the American version of this character. Yeah. So here's uh, here's a, the next scene that I want to talk about. I don't know if you guys caught this or if you guys were in the same state of mind while watching this, but I'm watching it I'm like focusing on the communist terrorists because I kind of thought this would be a little bit more political in nature. I, I guess maybe that was my takeaway when Alex told me about this. But uh, I'm watching them. They're driving in their getaway van, and they seem really stressed out about something. I'm like, well, what's going on? And they say, oh, first we got to escape from the Japanese cops, then the super-secret task force. Now we're being chased by these weird monsters. And I had forgotten about hologram Gene Simmons. And I was like, weird monsters, you say? Who could they be? <laughs> You're looking at like, does that say episode two on my phone? What, what happened? <laughs> so we cut to, remember the office building where they were planning to shut down the subway? Uh, <laughs> to switch people's orders at Bennigan or some shit. <laughs> well, they uh, they bring in the SWAT team. And you know they're the SWAT team in Japan because they all wear name tags that say J-SWAT on them. <laughs> <laughs> that owns. There's this like the fucking Godzilla force. God bless. There's them. this guy with this mustache and this uh and, and this blonde hair, and he he just looks like that fucking uh, who's that huge guy from Final Fight? <laughs> just looks like him. <laughs> he is a brick shit house in every sense. Of <laughs> so uh, we cut inside that he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of him. I'm like, I bet you fucking will. <laughs> 
<laughs> he gets his comeuppance. So, uh, we're in there, and there's a bunch of terrorists, and they're trying to, you know, uh, take care of the Japanese police force and fight against them. I'm like, oh, this is going to be exciting. Oh, no. A third wheel has screwed up this bicycle. <laughs> Teleporting Gene Simmons has just entered the chat and turned a communist terrorist into goo just by looking at him. <laughs> you don't know what he is. He just teleports in, and that guy just turns into hot red spaghettios. <laughs> it's so good, dude. <laughs> and then, as if things couldn't get any weirder, this little girl... In a red coat, I, I think it's the red coat from uh, from Schindler's List. She comes in here. Dude, this is the most anime thing I've ever it seen so in a fucking is. movie. Yeah. There's this little girl showing up, just like, ah, ah, if you can't hear me, I'm gonna yeah, jump. She, ah. She's she's in here and she's talking like this for the entire time and it's like really annoying and she's surrounded by flames but it's not showing up on the monitors and they, they kind of overplay it's like that's weird I can feel the heat but it's not showing up on the thermometer I'm like okay I get it she's magic or something whatever and uh, <laughs> she tells the, uh, the, the task force the secret super secret uh, task force here my quarrel's not with you. And then she looks at a copy of Terrace and says, but you are guilty of a sty. And then she uh, <laughs> incinerates him. <laughs> she just large margins that dude. It scared the fuck out of me. Her face is horrendous. <laughs> and this little girl who was just like at a nightclub watching some hair metal band. And then the guy's like, hey, come check this shit out. Takes her downstairs to find Lucifer plugged into a computer that just keeps typing kill, 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 kill. And then she's just on fire. So then, as if things could... The episode's not done, surprisingly. Then they get... Somehow. They get one of their, like, super secret task force agents to dress up in one of the big daddy suits from Bioshock. <laughs> this fucking stormtrooper-looking motherfucker. He's like, oh, he looks yes, like a I totally like, fine. Yeah, it can stand up to 5,000 degrees C. I'm like, you mean Celsius? And he's like, yes. I'm, oh, okay. And he's like, C, okay, of course. go up there and just try to arrest her. Just do what you can. And she's like, please, don't do it. If you come any closer, I'll have to kill you. He's like, okay. Am I being Sp detained, officer? <laughs> we'll spray her with CO2. And when we do, go in there and, and arrest her. And he gets barbecued alive. <laughs> so uh, who else wrote down the line? Because I know I sure did. What was the line? Where the smoke clears, they see him standing there. They take off the mask, see him burnt to a crisp, and the cop yells, "Shit, this guy's a fucking lobster!" <laughs> see, this is one of the funniest things I've unfortunately, ever. Unfortunately, I'm worse. I wrote down a line. I hate to say it from Space Jam One. I wrote, "Did you like original recipe or extra crispy?" <laughs> That's a pull. Yeah, Good that's job. sorry. Some some lines actually stick with me from that movie. I just scrolled up in my notes and found Angel telling him like, "Yeah, you know, if a terrorist takes a kid as a hostage and he gets shot in the face, it's a terrorist's fault, not mine." Oh, <laughs> I don't this remember the entire fucking like like. No, the 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 entire thing is fucking like. One of the terrorists has a small baby in an office building in the middle of the night hostage. And then Mickey Free shows up. And the terrorist is like, don't you do it. I'm going to blow this kid's head off. And Angel goes, motherfucker, I don't care. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, that's, and just starts shooting at him. And then Mickey Free warps in and I guess saves the baby? I don't know. It's, dude, it's Chekhov's child abduction query. <laughs> I love the Listen. part later where uh, she shoots at a guy. Mickey Free shows up to stop the bullets, 
and then uses his mind powers to make the guy shoot himself. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we will get to Chekhov and all of his devices. Okay, we'll, we'll do that when we talk but about first, episode three. First, the way that this episode ends, she is in a room with this hologram Gene Simmons. Sorry, I'm going to keep doing that. And like, that's fine. They're like looking at him, like, oh man, this is going to be quite a standoff. I know she's going to survive because her name's in it. It's not called Hologram Gene Simmons Cop. Oh, I've watched that. But, uh, like, oh, this is going to be quite the stand-up. Who's going to win? It's clear that she doesn't have any chance against this guy. And in comes a cyborg. And it turns out... (laughs) (laughs) It turns out it's Raiden. Now, I know we've never heard of a cyborg named Raiden on this show. But uh, we'll have to talk about him in the next episode, which was released in 1990, so had to wait for it a little bit. And, uh... Before we explain about Raiden, <laughs> could you imagine being one of the people that's like, "Oh fuck, dude, I gotta see what happens in episode three of Angel God." I mean, imagine just going back in time and just being on some fucking IRC tape trading channel. Like, do you have the new Angel Cop? He showed up as a robot. I need to know what happens next. I need the thrilling conclusion. So, uh, apparently, Tachihara. I actually wrote that down, so I guess this is his name, Tachihara who's being tortured in the gangrene and the maggots in his arm and stuff. Uh, Apparently he left Japan at the age of 14 to go to North Korea to train to become a terrorist. (laughs) This was written by Hideo Kojima. He trained with Islamic Jihad. (laughs) (laughs) Lois, check it out. I know how to make bombs now. We're going to get Mila Kunis a guest on this about? episode so she can talk about fucking Meg going to North Korea and being in one of their prison camps. Can we talk about the drum mas- machines on this soundtrack and how good Holy they Holy shit, yes. dude. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> they truly don't make them like they used to. It is just squealing guitars and synth. It's, and it's, like, a, it's like a tense scene of someone like going up the stairs. It might be a terrace at the top of the stairs. Just coming in here tonight while a cyborg punches a psychic teleporter. So, as this episode fully establishes, not only is there an elite task force dedicated to wiping out the communist terrorists, but there's also a supernatural squadron known as Hunters who also believe in the the, the sanctity of capitalism. (laughs) Thank God for the almighty dollar, dude. It is literally what would we have without hand it? The well, actually, uh, Alex, i got to correct you. Thank God for the almighty yen, because this is the episode that has the, like, unbelievable words. Whoever controls the economy of Japan controls the economy of the world. Shall we take a look at Japan's economy in the 1990s? <laughs> I mean, they built cyborgs. Yeah, that's oh, that checks awesome out. Yeah. I love the doctor who creates the cyborg. Dude, we gotta talk about fucking every robot time maker. he comes on screen, she's like, "Oh wow, uh, did you turn him into a robot?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is so cool. Doctor, it fucking owns because, like, despite this being maybe the most nationalist thing I've ever seen in my life, the doctor somehow isn't a Nazi. Yeah, like, that, you thought you that would, would be expect like right there or something. in this show. I think the doctor's portrayed as a good guy. (laughs) Somehow, yes. He does an evil cackle costly, but he's always just trying to stand up for a glorious nip-off. He's like, actually, I saved his life, so. 
end result. <laughs> Wonder why Japan would hate all these Chinese communists. That's weird. Anyways, <laughs> on to the next. So uh, here's the thing: this Doctor Robotnik guy is talking about uh, what he's done to Raiden, and he says he should be. <clears throat> Boy, my throat's coming. He should be able to withstand almost any attack. And it, it, it does like a flashback to the previous episode where fucking Raiden gets a fax machine thrown at him and gets forced into a wall. <laughs> 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 he can withstand anything. <laughs> <laughs> he slowly groggily gets up like Robocop's just been ripped apart. He's like, stop there, citizen. It's like an Ed 209 going up a stairwell. <laughs> He just can't do anything about it. I'd buy that for a fucking dollar. So. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> at this point, things... I, Alex, I hope you took notes on this part, because something here confused me. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we, we go back to the, um, the guy in the business suit who's got, like, the crummiest office I've ever seen. Get the <laughs> government guy and apparently he says no no i want every member of the elite task force to be assassinated uh, yes why why does he uh want that um i know i know the no, real no, reason no, you, you got it you got it that's correct wait, wait <laughs> you, I, you hit all of it <laughs> yeah yeah you're good he, just, he left no stone unturned there because <laughs> I, I swear i was paying attention i, I was looking at the screen yeah, and everything don't worry all right we all so were. What, what happens is is the guy on the task force knew about the H file. <laughs> so now all of them have to die. Oh, you just throw out the H <laughs> file about the, in the that's middle it. of the that's, psychic that's, robot battle. That's the whole thing. So I only have one more note for this episode. Uh, one time, my mom found my H file in high school. It was very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the mustachioed guy. Uh, remember him from the J SWAT. He takes an attack helicopter up to a motel window to shoot that little wormy assistant guy who's trying to shoot him with a pistol. But it's okay. He gets blown up by a bazooka. <laughs> it's really Dude, good. this entire episode being the government attacking the other government is, uh, it's really good. It's, because there's like four of them and they're like, alright, we gotta make it look like it's a lot of us. And they clearly don't know how few people are on our payroll. So it's just them setting booby traps in their headquarters. Okay, maybe it was maybe it's because I was so confused, but I'm pretty sure that there was like some secret brilliance here in that the the other characters didn't know who they were attacking. At one point, she sees uh, that girl who called uh, Angel Ice Bitch. She she's a one who blows up the Masashio guy with a bazooka because she sees him taking a, a attack helicopter to blow up the guy who's trying to assassinate him. And I guess in her head, she's thinking, "Fuck, he's gone rogue. I got a bazooka his ass right now." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Okay, so... that that's showing that like no one really knows what's going on." And as a viewer, I feel immersed. <laughs> it's a whole thing is so goddamn confusing. I know the government hates their their special government police force that does torture for reasons. But like that's that's all I've got. It's like, alright, well, the bad guys and the other guys want to blow each other up. Like, am I supposed to root for someone here? Like I I don't really get this, but you just work with it. On to episode four. Yeah. <laughs> well, the government hates their torture division. Now I'm glad we do too, guys. <laughs> now episode four, again. Four years later, this was released in 1994, <laughs> people had to wait to get this little masterpiece. Hey Chris, what's episode four called? I, I didn't have uh, titles on my copy. Pain. <laughs> That's the title. 
when the when the episode three ends with the tease, tune into the next episode. Pain. I immediately <laughs> hit play. I did not plan on continuing to watch that. So night. it turns out hologram Mickey Free is actually named Asura. And he is, remember that little girl in the red coat from Schindler's List? Well, he's actually her charge. He actually uh, takes care of her and stuff like that. And they use their psychic powers to kill terrorists. Uh, why wasn't... In conjunction with... Why, why weren't the first two episodes about these people? Why are they in the, kind of like the background? But whatever. Well, it turns out there... You see, because... <laughs> there's a third member here. <laughs> a third member of their elite psychic anti-counter uh, squadron. Her name is Lucifer, <laughs> and she looks like Correct. she looks like Nina Williams. <laughs> it's a lot, and uh, turns out she's one of the most powerful, or at least the most ruthless of them. Because <laughs> we get a fucking brutal. I, I I wrote down mind sucking scene, but let's do what she calls it: the mind rape sequence. Where she, yeah. she presses her fingers into the guy's skull, and she does like you see this a lot in like eighties anime, where like the fingers actually go into someone's skin. You're like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Sucks out his brains through her arm, and then his entire body explodes from the shoulders down. <laughs> I could yeah. not believe it. And that, Sometimes it be and like that, that little girl has nothing to say. She's like thirteen years old. Is just like, oh, geez, I wish you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I will think of the line, you must submit while I rape your mind for the rest of my life. Yeah. And Azura's just like, no, you've gone too far. What are you doing? <laughs> this isn't what we signed up for. As I'm going to explodes. split off and form a new metal band with a new singer. <laughs> we will sign Howard the Duck as our manager. So, uh, we have to talk about the, no. the Dr. Robotnik guy goes to Angel, who's wearing the thinnest top of all time as she recovers from her arm injury, which she suffered somehow. And he tells her, ha ha ha, if you fire that gun twice, it'll break your arm. Be very careful. And she's like, thanks, doctor. Uh, Why would you dude, make this gun? <laughs> this fucking gun is the entire series for the last three episodes. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so powerful that only a cyborg can shoot it. But also... Yeah, so I made a gun that only cyborgs can use, and you see a bright. <laughs> Don't. Holy shit, you did it this time! Uh, it's, oh man, look what we've done to you. So we uh, we have to fa we have to fast forward here to a a, a highway bridge thing that. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of violence that's about to come through here, people. If, if certain things are going to turn your stomach, I, I, the so b before we get to that, the entire crux of this episode is the good guys are stuck in traffic. That's it. It's that's true. the whole thing. The good guys are stuck in traffic, and oh, they're in big fucking trouble now. Because uh, what I gather, and I only realized this after I watched episodes like five and six, uh, that government guy with the uh, suit and tie is also working with the psychic counterterrorism unit and he tells them, okay, blow up all the terrorist minds and also the elite task force. They know too much. You guys who are psychic don't know too much. <laughs> so uh, he convinces <laughs> her to do this. Literally, I'm not making this as a joke here, for great justice. And uh, she... <laughs> so how does she get to uh, the counterterrorism uh, elite task force there? By riding her motorcycle side saddle between traffic. 
<laughs> and she gets to them. Remember the, that one? Again, she's not really a secretary. Girl. And that guy who's fucking built like Jack from the Tekken series. He really is. She, he is and psychically sucks this the girl is... in, turns her around, takes off her bra and says, hey, look at her titties. She really likes you. I can tell with my psychic powers. I, uh, I refer to this as the Japanese episode of this. Oh, episode. that's a good point. Yeah, oh, this is a very Japanese episode. We're on episode. episode four. What took so long? Yeah. Like, look, look, we're going to be real here. Like, all of us have watched several of these, like, shitty late 80s, early 90s animes. And we'll point. watch more. And... For sexual assault to only be like prominently featured in five minutes of these three hours, that's really progressive for. I Japan. mean, honestly, really by Japanese OVA standards from the late eighties, barely even rises to sexual assault. This is a walk in the park considering some of the other things. It's like, like, hey, hey, you see this hot girl with the big tits? She's in love with you, and I'm gonna honk her hooters and then kill her, and then it's over. And that's like, oh, oh, that's all. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. I only I barely so had to worse. tilt my laptop the other way. <laughs> see, no see that's the thing, is if, if this had been one episode longer, we'd be like, oh, careful, careful. <laughs> Give him too much free reign over here. So, uh, the, uh, she, she kills that one girl, uh, blows her to bits, then also kills Jack, too, by making him blow himself up with his own grenade. And Angel sees him and says, really wait, stop. <laughs> it's, it's sick. So yeah. Angel tries to kill Lucifer, who, again, is a girl. And uh, she can't do it because Lucifer can deflect bullets. And Asura and that little girl <laughs> engaged in a psychic power battle against each other on this highway. And, by the way, you know one of the things you never see in this entire series? Citizens. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Chris, just a question right. for you. Just just out of the blue. Just Don't think too hard about this. But uh, when we get done recording, are you going to DM... Joel and Yellow Cyclone to tell them that Lucifer's a girl in this. <laughs> I already knew that. <laughs> Excuse me, Chris. Oh, wait, never mind. Joel voice. We been new. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's a cold open. Do you like how the two most powerful psychics in the world engage in combat by disassembling and reassembling a bridge? <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> That was, that was uh, this Akiro guy showing off his uh, brilliant animation. Look, we'll do it in reverse. I just, so. <laughs> I just like to imagine that dude laying on top of the bridge like, come on, come on, somebody get it on already. The cookies that Lucifer didn't even want. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot another line I wrote down, which is when Angel is fighting Lucifer and just yells, you twisted fucking whore. <laughs> even a whore she dresses really conservatively be nice so peter peter what are the words to rock and roll all night <laughs> so angel finally realizes oh while she's distracted engaging in a psychic battle with asura i can use my magnum to shoot her oh wait the exact words the recoil of this gun could break my arm well here goes <laughs> and this is also where uh I think she freezes like some some bolts are going to come and hit her or something like that. This is also where the line where one of the best lines of the entire anime comes in. Fuck and piss! <laughs> <laughs> I want an oral history of how and why that line happened. <laughs> that, isn't that something that Nick Cage made. says during face-off? <laughs> <laughs> the best anime let's be real so good it's incredible somehow it's risen to the level of the only good anime your name has fallen off 
<laughs> it fucking owns that like nobody is listening at this point because who cares about this fucking anime from the eighties? But we don't care because it's fucking. If you good. guys aren't listening we right could now, we could have stopped you're recording it. an hour ago. We'd still be having this conversation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, we're not gonna fucking stop here. Let's go on to episode five, uh, which I don't remember the name of it. Parker, did it have an interesting name? No, it was not pain, so I didn't write so it. I was, <laughs> was going to say this is the least interesting episode, because the first half of it is it's just an invasion episode. There's just a lot of action, which, to be fair, is really good. It's good action. I like watching it, but it's also... I, at first, I thought there weren't going to be a lot of like funny lines I could dig into, although this is one of the best moments for, like, hey, remember that last episode? Yeah, fuck the last episode. What is it? We're doing a different episode now. So, uh, <laughs> Angel... Yeah, that's a really good underrated line, which is just... The deadly seriously delivered. You've underestimated the power of Japanese technology, you evil yeah, bitch. I, but, hey, yeah. really <laughs> snuck up. I, on I me. definitely wrote that down. That's one of the. I, <laughs> we're going to get to that in a bit. But this is where Angel and Raiden and Doctor Robotnik are with the government-funded government resistance. To who they're uh -huh. resisting the government, uh, uh -huh. and uh, they're going to fight off the uh, the psychic who's going to come in there and kill them all. So it's. Things are, they're in a bit of a tight spot here. Uh, and it's, you know, it's an invasion and we're watching the government fight them and they're like, oh, we'll go over here. We have to snipe them from over here. Oh, hope I can survive. And then we just see Lucifer riding her motorcycle side saddle across the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it'd be like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that is a mood. How come we didn't get that image? How come we were stuck with that Pop-Tart that pop -tart cat? <laughs> Why would that? No, Sorry, I don't know fine. why. Uh, anyway, so she starts uh, having a battle with uh, Raiden, who's got anti-psychic armor. He... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone had to come up with right, this, right? Yeah. Now I want to talk about because like he's doing the whole power level thing, and I started writing, and then I deleted because I know Park would make the joke about like, oh, what's the scanner say about his power level? It's an internet meme thing, but. Dude, she just starts getting Goku back. Yeah, she makes no. Here's the thing: because he stops talking about Raiden's power level, he starts talking about her psychic level. I want to just uh, quote a line here that I wrote down. He says, uh, "Impressive. Her psychic power is 360, give or take a few gravities." <laughs> now, yeah. I, now, Parker, you Angel Cup rules because it's like you know you couldn't catch every episode on Toonami, so. You know, sometimes you'd miss an episode or two. <laughs> and every episode of Angel Cop is like, oh, fuck, we're on vacation for a week. I forgot to record them. I hope I didn't miss too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, now, Parker, you may yeah. be wondering, what are gravities? Well, he actually gives uh -huh. us a ratio here. 1,000 gravities oh, yeah? are more than 15... 1,000 gravities are more than 1,500 atmospheres. Oh, yeah. sick. Oh, well, in that Three case... goodies are equal to one snack. So, <laughs> this is also where uh, Raiden and her have a great big punch up, and I think he shoots her in the head, uh, and says, "You misunderestimated, uh, or wait, you underestimated <laughs> the power of Japanese technologies, you evil bitch." Uh, but she survives being shot shoots in, the her in the head. Yeah, he, she survives that. By the way, so we move on to the final episode. You're like, "What? That's it? Oh my God. You forgot the part what? where his hand just turns into a RoboCop laser?" Oh, I forgot about that. Goes, Don't be so sure, motherfucker, and shoots. <laughs> Yeah, so she incapacitates him at some point, and this leaves our good friend Angel, who suddenly is extraordinarily horny for, for Raiden. 
and she must don the prototype anti-psychic gear and the prototype anti-psychic motorcycle. Yes, all these guns and bikes and armor, and all of it will kill you if you're not a robot. <laughs> so that guy has a super fast motorcycle, so we can catch her. Also, your body will just explode if you drive Why, it. How, how come it will do that? Because it's your power level will just drain. <laughs> Uh, your psychic level is not only 0.5 yeah, atmospheres. But you see, she's a really good cop who will shoot babies for Japan, <laughs> so she can do it. Can you imagine people watching Evangelion instead of this? <laughs> no, because I'm not retarded. So, so well, here's the thing. They talk about, like, we, we mentioned back in, I guess it was episode one, she talks about... Uh, they, they do that uh, Chekhov's theory. So, if a communist terrorist abducts a child, would you shoot it or not? And I guess that's kind of like, would you, what if they made the entire plane out of a black box? But uh, <laughs> 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 it's that's just like. So, if you're saying that a terrorist is holding a baby and his one request was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, can you imagine Angel and Raiden talking about, like, hey, so, babe, chick, what if you had to last an entire minute in the ring with Mike Tyson? <laughs> I would just run the fuck away from it. When, like, they procreate on Yu Gi Oh! My turn! So, <laughs> you never, never saw, saw this, this coming. coming. Psychic armor. <laughs> You're right. I didn't. I'm sorry. Anti-psychic right, anti armor. It's different. So My he's apologies. dying, and she goes up and says, "Oh, you're dying. You need to not die anymore." And she actually Frenches him here. Like she goes in. She's like getting his back tonsils. <laughs> I promise that I will never die. Yeah. Now he. This is. I may get this wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But she pretty. I'm pretty sure she says to him. You need to take this nutritional energy bomb. <laughs> so, oh, so you're talking about the the scene with her and Asura, right? Uh, I think it was Raiden. So she gives Asura, Asura. the 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 nutritional energy bomb. The scene with her and Raiden is Raiden begging her to shoot through both of their heads because it's the only way to kill Lucifer. <laughs> no, we're going way too fast. Four we're, we're going shots. way too fast. We're missing a lot of stuff. So Lucifer survived being shot in the head. And she also, uh, she gets shot by uh, Angel, who's wearing the anti-psychic armor now. And she has a special gun that blinds Lucifer. And that makes her, that like exposes her weakness and she gets shot in the shoulder, which... I think it would hurt less than getting shot in the head, but what do I know? I haven't been shot anywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's because you so, don't have giant fucking gazongas she, like that. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Which so, are just exposed throughout this entire yeah, episode, just, by the way. Just, and then Lucifer threw her titties in my hand. It's pretty weird. <laughs> she's just hanging boob. And uh, so after she gets blinded, she retreats into a back alley. Do you know how she retreats there? It's like the invisible hand of the free market picks her up by the waist and carries her in there like a puppet. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. It was a really funny visual to me. So, how does she survive? It's just a quick boop. Get out of there. She she hooks herself up to the network to survive. I was. I really thought she was going to upload she herself to the internet like do. Bonzo did in Lawnmower Man. She just Johnny Mnemonics herself and just becomes fully healed because. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of movie that this is. Don't worry about but it. But it turns out it's really just like hooking up your Game Boy to the AC adapter, so you can just play it with like the outlet. <laughs> exactly. Oh, batteries. So uh, the uh, th it was at this point that I was like, "Hey, what happened to the communist terrorists?" 
(laughs) (laughs) We keep cutting back to these assholes in suits, and I'm like, this woman just teleported and plugged herself into a computer to heal her bullet holes. I don't give a shit about this boardroom, I promise you. By the way, there were like even odds that she was going to plug herself in through the nipple. You're but they wrong. didn't do that. That's always they didn't play. do that because Ikiro uh, no, Tonto is no. more mature than that. No, it's because then they couldn't show the titty. Well, they would do it like briefly. It was like, hey, so <laughs> get this pesky cable they, on the they, way. They would do it like it really. It would just be like snakes on a plane, where that lady gets bit on the tit by the snake, and you can't it, see the well, nipple. Yeah, exactly. It's, it would just it's be like, that. Use like... your imagination, a little something for the fellas. So, <laughs> after the nutritional energy Not in that bomb, country, buddy. we also, <laughs> we, we do have, I guess we could talk about, uh, first, the way that uh, Lucifer is dispatched. She is getting her ass kicked and also kicking the ass of Angel. And then Raiden comes in there with his anti-psychic armor and hugs her really tight. And she's like, oh, what if I just absorb your power? Like, like Rogue in X-Men. It's a movie. And uh, his great idea is like, I have anti-psychic metal brains so if you shoot me in the back of the head they'll also impale her and she won't be able to stop it and she will die and Angel's just like ah okay but my arm really hurts it might break he's like just do it you gotta shoot me in the back of the head he sounds like fucking the guy from best of the best pop it back in (laughs) (laughs) and Eric Roberts is rating good yeah dude better movie slightly but uh or series whatever anyway she's like okay sure I'll try (laughs) But if this is justice, then I'm a banana. <laughs> and then she shoots him four times because she can't hit him in the head. Oh, dames, am I right? So <laughs> so good. Just shoot me in the head; it'll kill her. I really thought, Bam! Right really in the kneecap. Like you've like, gotta uh, be fucking. I thought there'd be like a psychic blast that blows it up. It'd be like really trippy or something like that. No, it's a huge fucking blow up. I think Angel <laughs> dies in the blast. And uh, we also so you think, oh wow, I can't believe it ends like that. That's really explosive. Ha ha ha. But no, we have to cut back to the boardroom. You have to go back to the capitalist. <laughs> so it turns out that guy... Hey, Chris, do you want to reference just for you before yes, we leave that scene? Please. So her having to shoot him and keep missing is like an Ace Ventura 2 when he keeps asking for the spear. <laughs> she just keeps throwing it in his leg. <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> Three darts is too much! <laughs> <laughs> and then he explodes. Oh, Alex, did you really have a crush on him in that movie? So, anyway. <laughs> All you have to do is relax while I fuck your mind. Don't worry about yeah, oh, it. Oh, yeah, I forgot it. She keeps saying mind rape, and I'm going to fuck your mind. And I'm just like, how has that not been, it's a how lot. Has that not been used? As, like, you, you can really tell the series jump from, like, you know, the early 90s where that was not cool. The 1994 where that was totally cool. So. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is like, I keep thinking it's like, just stand still and relax while I fuck your mind. That should be like the spoken I... like intro to a heavy metal techno song. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that Bill Clinton is written in my notes at this point. But... <laughs> just relax, baby. We're going to fuck your mind. Fuck your mind. <laughs> okay, I have to ask... At what point does the Lone Ranger line happen? Because I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. I don't even remember that line. What what line is that? Quote it for me. Oh, my God. Latter-day Lone Ranger, huh? Well, now you're going to be the dead fucking Ranger. (laughs) That is in episode six. No, that's in the boardroom. That's in the boardroom because the guy with the Homer Simpson beard uh, goes into the, uh, the boardroom where the 
the main antagonist of the whole thing, the big <laughs> boss of the whole thing. Is where we have to talk about we this scene. To. We have to. Because <laughs> this, talk is about so, this, shootout this is somehow better. Between the two this guys. is somehow better than the angel versus uh, Lucifer <laughs> battle. Uh, so he's talking. He, by the way, I think they just used the voice actor for Dr. Robotic for this one. Because now he's talking like this. I'm an evil capitalist. And thus, I care about nothing more than the almighty dollar. And... Uh, which, oh my god, I'm becoming Mr. Krabs. I like money! <laughs> Which is more or less what this guy is doing the entire time. And the guy's like, I should have known. The bad guys, they always get fucked in the ass in the end, so I'm going to get you. Uh, which, by the way, I think he actually says that at one point. <laughs> Dude, this fucking scene where one guy blows away another guy, and that guy's revealed to have a bulletproof vest, and he pops up and blows away the first guy, who was also revealed to have a bulletproof vest. <laughs> and then vest. that first guy who got uh, blasted away takes off his Scooby-Doo oh, villain mask to reveal that he's actually <laughs> some other guy <laughs> whose name is never mentioned. And uh, I can't believe did, Weez and Ed got away. Do you remember the one episode of Angel Copper Red Herring actually did it? <laughs> So it turns out uh, that Weez and Ed, uh, guy with the mustache and the business suit, he's actually in safe hiding. So we're going to hook you up and torture you. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to get him back. They don't actually torture him. They just hook him in a chair and says, make him talk. Okay, I'll talk. We turns out we tracked you like this. We did all this. I'm like, that's what I would do. Like, I don't think I would uh, do the torture thing. And uh, I'm looking at the runtime. I'm like, this is the last yeah, time I've spit it out. Yeah, it's like, you don't have a lot of time here. So, uh, again, we have a we have a cyborg psychic here with her titty hanging out. We should probably get back to that. So uh, he says, like, I've learned in the end, oh, all these scum punks like you. Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, <laughs> Ceausescu, they always get fucked in the ass in the end. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why, I just kind of like that line. It's like, oh, you know, you're going to get yours. And the guy's like, oh, no, that's not going to happen because we, we politically destabilized Japan. So the dollar, the yen, the peso, so whatever it is, we'll be able to take over and control the world. Uh, anyway, at some point they escape and their helicopter blows up. <laughs> I don't know who did that. Dude, I don't know. I have no and it idea. turns out everyone in that boardroom is dead. Who killed them? I don't know. Well, I guess I learned my lesson. Yeah, I. and at the end of the day, uh, the narrator says, and they blame the whole thing on terrorism. Ba, da, 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 da. <laughs> the city is saved. USA, USA, USA. <laughs> So, in conclusion, <laughs> it's really good. Hey, we... guess we didn't mention the the real bad guy in the chat. Oh, g- I was about to oh, get to please that. Please do, worry. Alex. Okay. Inform us. So, you know, you watch the show in English. You know, it's on Amazon Prime, if we didn't say this before this point. If you, if you give Jeff Bezos your money, you can watch this at any point with the full dub and all of its glorious awfulness but if you watch the Japanese subversion all of the things that we said about the capitalists in this movie in that version the bad guys are actually just the Jews so you know and that's not us be like oh the Jews they love money no 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 that is verbatim correct it's not the Jewish people it is Jews it is. This is not like us trying to do like some funny racism, which we would never, ever, ever do. <laughs> this is actually what We're Japan talking. wanted us to believe from Angel Cop. 
because it two is two pizzas a day kind of so thing. I don't the coolest series. I don't know. Ever I don't made. know if you guys read Hiragana, but uh, one of the names for the writing staff translate to Myers Leonard. Oh no, he didn't on a podcast. Damn, <laughs> son. Leonard. Okay, all right. <laughs> like that one time I referenced the NBA on a podcast. <laughs> like, you have to watch it because we can't get across that the big climactic final battle happens, and the entire time she has a titty hanging out. It's the funniest thing. Like, I think we made it pretty clear that if you're going to watch it, watch the dub because, come on. But. It was like, is there any value to watching the sub? I'd say yes. If you are a hardcore anti-Semite, I would say go ahead and watch the dub. You'll uh, you'll like it a lot. But if you're someone who's not an anti-Semite, if you're like okay with Jewish people, then like watch the dub. So like the thing is with this, like this came out in 1989. And I know that this person had very, very little brain power left at this point. But I feel like Ronald Reagan probably sat down and watched this at some point and went, Oh, Jesus Christ, I didn't mean that. <laughs> they got it all wrong. <laughs> We're the superpower. <laughs> what are they talking about? Japan controls the world? Nancy, get it on the phone. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, now I'm thinking about Ronald Reagan watching There's a letterbox anyway. list. There is a letterbox list of all of Manga Entertainment's VHS releases. This is a powerful tool. Megazone 23 must be on there, right? Same guy. I'm going to complete this collection. I downloaded Megazone, 20, uh, Megazone 23, but like something fucked up with the video file, so I guess it's off to YouTube. I hope it's in, like, 144p. God, I want to watch Violence Jack. Dude, <laughs> Violence Jack. Evil Town. Honey, there are uh... multiple vi- uh, Violence Jacks. One of the Violence Jacks is called... <laughs> I've, I've found two different uh, labels for this Violet Jack episode. It's either called Harlem Town or Harem Town. <laughs> and I'm not sure oh, which is which. Well, that's called Vampire Wars. I see three Violet Jack OVAs. Is that it, enough? That's all of them. Yes. I know because okay. I downloaded them. A brutal attack on a NASA base. You guys. <laughs> I saw NASA and vampires. Oh my right? god, that poster. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Shit. yes. We are Can I buy this poster? going forward. <laughs> we might become just a Violence Jack episode. It's weird. All of our viewers have turned off the podcast at this point. We're, we are transitioning to it. If you have it, that's the thing. We don't have a social account for this, but we're, we might start one on my anime list. <laughs> sort by cedars zero zero if the zero, anime came out after two, 1998 one. we don't want to see it exactly if it was like no we're really taking care to like really translate no nope, throw it in the <laughs> trash do not care i am so and it double psychic wars you say oh my god comet strike earth <laughs> okay. right the right. cancer is a 5,000 year old demon. Okay, well, I guess I'll just grab that. I mean, what other kind of demon would there be? God. So, here's the thing. Damn it. Our tentative next episode is best of the best two. But, dearest darling listeners, do not be surprised if we possibly pivot to Violence Jack. <laughs> this might be a Violence Jack slash Devilman slash Geno Cyber podcast for the next month. We shall see. <laughs> This is really good.
And that's the tea, sis.